0: I'm excited to jump into this i'm probably going to be listening most of all i know oh. i'm going to learn some things in this conversation no way dude no you not. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be us man mm. yeah. yeah yeah so yeah this isn't this isn't live is it
1: no cool. no no i just hit record just to you yeah. know just record it i figured you Sweet, know man. the first time jean-luc and i talked was like three hours and i recorded it and i, and I used like 10 minutes of
0: some stuff <laughs> <laughs> that it was, was, a about... bit, it was a bit like us actually. Remember rec- we, we, we were recording he came over to my house, we filmed in my back garden, filmed at a restaurant, like we did this whole interview thing and it still hasn't come out. <laughs> 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 it was, still got stuff to do on that. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: have, I have a problem with focusing on <laughs> The to job be fair, I You
0: hadn't. did get suddenly hit by a debilitating stomach illness. So, um, oh, did. you have I a fair excuse I, for delays.
2: That kind of knocked me out of it. But yeah, it's, it, hopefully one day would, that will surface. <laughs> yeah. will
1: surface. I saw <laughs> the preview, Maybe, man. You did it. Like you did yeah, like, an intro yeah. thing. That looked rad when you guys like yeah, running downstairs or something trailer. like that. And I was like, walking, oh.
0: he was literally just walking through the tunnel entrance to my house, but we made it look so much more mysterious. It's oh, great. dude. I <laughs> was hooked. I was like, <laughs> where are that? they going? What are they doing? We're just going on the main road.
2: That was
0: the British Area 51. It wasn't anything yeah. to do with Area 51. Anyway. Nah, <laughs> no, so, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people, um, when I first started filming uh, for the channel, because I was recording a lot of stuff in a forest, there started this this rumor started going around that I was actually on a military compound, and uh, I was just talking on the perimeters of my compound. <laughs> it's the only place you could get. It was just like <laughs> yeah, some yeah, woods like, behind, behind quiet you, away from the guards and the patrols and shit. Yeah, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> if
2: you've got a compound, can I come and move in? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: right mm-hmm. i don't know like, this is dangerous territory we're start, we're you know tre- treading on here because I, I just i don't know uh, how deeply you guys want to <laughs> jump into oh, yeah. the nah, most nah, recent nah. events you know no
1: but i mean <laughs> yeah yeah well the thing what i was getting at though with the, with the masonic thing but you're right i mean so the, the freemason you had like we would meet at you know on lodge and and we could talk about things that nobody else could talk about the, i mean that you would you would talk about in the streets and that you would literally get thrown in jail right so and then a lot of these um you know, revolutions happened because guys met in private as masons and said, hey, we're going to this is bullshit and let's fix it. And they all made a pact and did that. And, you know, we can tie it into this is that when um, to the stars happened, you know, I knew that Tom DeLong was a Freemason, you know, uh, from the whole thing. And, you know, I think Jean-Luc and I were talking about this, but, you know, there's a, a fun story where a, a buddy of mine went to um, – we're going to, from America to Canada. There's a big bridge, or you can go through a tunnel, but you go over the bridge, and there's, like, five guys in the car that had no business being together. There was, like, an eight year old dude. You know, like, everybody from – like, it was a judge. There was, like, a, uh, there, there was like a, a guy who was, like, an artist. There was a guy who was, like, a financial advisor. There was a guy who was, like, a janitor. And there was a – you know, it was, like, nobody should be together. And as soon as the Border Patrol was, like – nope all you guys are getting out like what the hell are you doing they're trying they thought they were trying to sneak into canada to, to blow it up or something you know and finally they were just going to a masonic lodge you guys they knew each other from oh wow from the masons that were like traveling to go to, to the um, canadian lodge and just hang out and another another mason was a uh, um one of the mounties and was like like dude i know i know these guys it's cool and it's like this is weird so in my mind i've always had that and then when to the stars came out and tom de standing on stage with all of these dudes and i'm like ding 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 in my head i'm like if these guys were all freemasons this would make sense if if tom DeLong was a freemason or any of these guys or you know when he got they got together i'm like look you know we have all these things that we do with each other like you know we have to be you know we can't lie to each other you know we have to keep each other secrets things like that and we can trust each other explicitly so i'm thinking holy shit what if tom DeLong just used the freemasons to like make this thing happen and and you know i
2: reckon yeah and i think the the reality of it is is that or well, not, maybe not the reality, but the reality from what I think <laughs> is, yeah, it's always been that way. Because ufology, in terms of American ufology, like, yeah, you know, began in what we're talking, like the fifties flat, let's say,
1: yeah, yeah, well, like fifty two, somewhere around the there,
2: course, big, yeah, big, you know, forty seven. But it was at a time where, um, Jack Parsons was doing his thing uh, mm-hmm. with OTO. So, right. like, you know, and the people that work with Parsons were the guy who went on to found Scientology, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who went on to set up SRI, you know, the Stanford Research Institute. Right. Like, so these connections are big. There were, you know, there's a crucial involvement in that. And we talked about this last time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so that whole, that whole environment was based on that. It came from that. I mean, I don't know how far people need to go into it if, if they're watching a video, but most people understand the um, the occult nature of NASA. And obviously, right, the most right. people who are into this topic understand that it originates with JPL and mm-hmm. um, Parsons. So, like, the fact that it's all there, like many people have written about it, it's no real secret. But well, that is the start of modern ufology. And, like, you know, and it's the, that is the bare roots of it.
0: And I'd love been, to jump in real quick just to yeah. recommend people listen to Peter Lavender's Uh, presentation about the origins of nasa it's uh it's it's somewhere deep on my channel if you wanted to go into project unity and scroll down the peter Lavender talking about the origins of nasa but it's all about the strange churches the strange occult ties uh you know scientology dives into it really well and i think peter Lavender really knows his stuff when it comes to that Oh no yeah, idea. that's that yeah.
1: was a great video. I mean, he he does he just drops it all out like the process yeah. church and like all oh, the yeah. weird stuff that's going. No, on. I had
0: no idea about any of that stuff prior to it, and I was just listening like, what? Mm-hmm.
2: He's he's involved himself like in some like really serious stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he went to the um, the compounds in South America where they have, they have the ex Nazi or the ex German um, colonies,
3: mm-hmm. It was
2: apparently when he was there was still massively. Germanic, yeah, uh, German-speaking, German shops, a whole lot. But then at the same time, he started to get to the point where he was infiltrating that that world, you know. But Peter Lavender's obviously put himself in a great position because he states that he's not actually a Mason himself. Um, he's, he's a friend of the Masons, like he works a lot, you know, works with them, and which is. I guess that's what I'm doing at the moment. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like um,
1: officially, you're officially not working with. I, 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 no, no, I'm working. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm working for Tom DeLong. And no, <laughs> <laughs> but, don't, because people will quote you. And yeah, go on
0: Twitter. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working with Tom DeLong. No, no. if, if so, please send more money. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, like so. So really, like for me, like it's, it's Peter vendors like a big part of it. He's you know he's he's there writing the books with for Tom DeLonge or with Tom DeLonge. Right. Um, there's a message or an ideology that's being pushed through the ethos of the company or the was. Um, so it's all there, isn't it? I mean, but yeah. like we I think we've said before, people get hung up on the videos and their, uh, I guess the characters involved. And that sort of, the ethos and the ideologies behind it seem to get put on a bit of a back seat, but maybe not if you're following or looking or reading different types of materials, but generally, like, popular culture-wise, to the Stars Academy haven't come out and said the stuff they've said in their books uh, on any news broadcast, you know what I mean? Because it's completely different. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I think it's scary, though. I think it really scares the shit out of people. I mean, just because it's like, if that's real, then than everything is. <laughs> I mean, if the magic or whatever, you know, that they're doing or, or the, you know, all the stuff behind all the occult things that they're, you know, if they're, if, if Jack Parsons is out in the desert with, you know, doing, uh, you know, the, uh, trying to invoke whatever he was doing, um, you know, to bring about, you know, open a portal and all this shit. And like, and if that's something that the government's paying attention to and they're, do, you know, they're doing it and, and it, it could be working or, or something, I mean that that just crosses the line for people where they just like can't even process that in their brains. They're like, "This is really happening." Because everybody puts it in the in the Hollywood aspect of it's just like woo woo. You got Merlin and you got all the shit that it doesn't real. I mean, kids. I mean, looking at any of the Disney stuff or any of the stuff you grew up with, there's always a magician, a magician mm-hmm. or like you know a fairy godmother and there's this shit going on. You know, so you're kind of being indoctrinated in, in it from when a, as a kid, and at least you know lately. But in you know hist- historically, the all the all the stories and stuff too. So. Well, the
2: very essence of fairy tales, man. Like, you know, the fact that kids grow up getting read fairy tales as they fall asleep and nursery rhymes that usually focus on, you know, cult origins and strange magic and odd stories and what's the biggest franchise now or was, like Harry Potter, like, you know, the whole thing. Like, when you start getting into the symbology and stuff like in those kind of books, like, it is. It's an introduction to alchemy and magic and it's nuts, really. (laughs) Do you
0: guys guys ever like get the feeling that like these weird origin stories to NASA is almost kind of like the awkward uncle in the family and they don't really (laughs) want to talk about it and it's not like there's some prophecy that's building up now it's just that these were the weird like acid taking crazy dudes that were like building NASA they're not Mm -hmm. representative of our goals now like which which way is this going is it like yes these are the roots and this is the story that's unfolding or is it more like yeah that's the awkward root to our well, story. <laughs> I think I
2: think if you're talking about it in terms of awkward, like, you know, you talk, tell that story to like, I, keep, I always think about my dad, because yeah, he's he's a, he's a broad-minded enough guy, but if you get onto this topic, if I start to say dad, NASA is founded on cult symbology <laughs> and the guys who did it did a ritual out in the desert like uh, with with ritual magic and stuff, he'd be like, "What?" Oh,
0: and he just, okay, son. He just <laughs> <got it. And laughs> How actually, much have you had been... to drink, my man? <laughs> yeah, I know. We know
2: all about you, Joe. But like, yeah. uh, but it's like, yeah, it's, it, the reality of it is it is, like, if you sell that to him, he'd just be like, "That's ridiculous." And then he'll just go back and and watch like the other moon landing and the awesome satellite stuff and the cool stuff that's going on now. Like that's that's the friendly face of it, but his generation, very different in terms of like, the, you know, spiritual and stuff too, like after World War II and um, as to how it is now. So they went, I think that a lot of the country obviously went into a lack of spirituality over the last few decades. Like people have definitely turned away from churches in this country. Um, but then what you see is like, I don't know if it's just me and what I read, but it seems to be permeating, quite a lot of modern society in the younger generations, uh, like a new modern spiritual, like a neo. No,
0: I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah I agree too. And it's- not, not so much a preordained religion, but just a, a more um, kind of esoteric feeling about life and that there is more mystery to it and a, an, an mm-hmm. openness to life after death and things like that. Just not so closely restricted by religion. That's what I've noticed, at least amongst my friends and people my age.
2: And I think that 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 is, there's a reason for that. And I think that, like me, growing up, when I grew up, I was at the start of that, um, where it was effective with uh, trying to spread a message of a new age spirituality. And we mentioned this last time I spoke to John, like with the close encounters kind of vibe and the the messages that pushed. But nowadays, like the messages, and, you know, going back again to like mainstream news, like the people involved in some of the mainstream craziness that's been going on worldwide would say that they're, spiritually awakened warriors of some sort and like um say that say that sort of thing 10 years ago in this country you'd be like well 20 years ago people would have laughed at you
0: well i I, think i I think it's down to how we process information now as well because i mean obviously you've got the internet and the fact that it's not so you, you don't have information restricted to channels that are controlled by the establishment you've got, especially in the younger generations, people are more willing to listen to podcasts than news stations, you know, that, you know, they'd rather tune into Joe Rogan than tune into CNN. And I think that because of that, you get introduced to a much wider kind of breadth of different ideas and challenges to the status quo. So I think that when it comes to spirituality, I think at least from my perspective, because I've learned so much from the internet, I mean, I'll give you one example, is that I've got a live 24 seven stream of Alan Watts that pretty much plays all the time in my bedroom. And, you know, I can only do that because of the internet and someone created the 24 seven stream of this guy's <laughs> philosophies. And so you've got to imagine, I would, you know, back in the days when you had to actually walk to areas and speak or, you know, pass books out, we still do that, but we have this mechanism now to globally instantaneously interact and exchange information and I think that that's played a large role in how spirituality in the way that it's being seen now as cataly- catalyzed itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it,
2: this idea as well, that like, you know, like you were saying, you watch podcasts and tune into different channels and this and that. You're choosing, people choose their own reality, I suppose. And lockdown, like in the coronavirus thing, like it's kind of put us into situations where I've had more time to indulge myself in this kind of different types of mediums because I'm not, been working as much and at home more so your reality does become you know yeah you, you i'm aware there's coronavirus out there that's the miserable news that i don't want to really hear but you indulge yourself in stuff that's more to your liking yeah and, and then and then it becomes kind of like everything so the idea that the internet provides like a portal to build your own reality especially in this environment where you're locked in your own home yeah, like
3: yeah man.
2: in terms of like manifesting uh, events, feelings, like, you know, this is it. So this is it. You're in, we're in, like, the fermentation chamber, man.
0: Yeah. Well, look what Lots we're doing right
1: of, now. Like, yeah, totally. I mean, all of us are people together. sure what it <laughs>
2: brings. Like, is it going to be revolution? How many people are going to die? It's, like, it's terrifying shit, man. We're in a, yeah. a pretty terrible time. Terrible time. It worries me every day, man. And I guess it worries everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you have again, to be
0: in a terrible time to get out of one.
2: Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, what you find is, like, what happens is people become more spiritually tuned. And I wonder if there has been this brewing feeling for a lot of people uh, for a long time, I guess, and certain people are getting more switched onto it and a generation, a new generation of people brought up in a way more spiritual manner. It makes a wonderful prep.
0: Well as much as this sucks, you know, humans thrive off adversity. We we thrive when we're challenged, that's when innovation kicks in, that's when people actually you know, when we're when we're comforted and, and blanketed for too long, that's when things slow down in all honesty. You know, whether it's an individual or whether it's a whole country or a whole species. So I suppose you know and you can attribute this to your own individual life when turbulent things come into your life it it can seem very intense at the time but then it leads to opportunities and you know if you're if you're a self-reflective person you can look back on it and go oh well it was meant to happen and yeah it sucks at the time but I can recognize the good in it now and you'd like to think that that's happening on a on a geo scale as well with things like this and that you know ultimately these are happening for reasons that if we pay attention as a species will gain some good wisdom some good insight and move forward and and so you know that's the that's the only way that i feel that we we can see it uh, because in the trenches it's it's very negative you know it's hard to hard to see the the positive but if you can kind of have that macro view of of how things unfold then there's a there's a good chance that this is happening for a good reason
1: well and then the you know when you, i think back to like the quantum you know where we quantum's a big thing and everybody's talking about quantum and and you know how you know you're really not apart from anything so all of us i mean we're across an ocean from each other right, we're having right. a conversation we're sharing our thoughts our ideas our feelings our emotions and, and we're kind of like syncing up in a way that's you, you know we're manifesting the reality that we want yeah um, you know we're, we're entangled yeah definitely we're quantumly entangled all of us i mean and we're positive i mean and like if, if we focus on the positive instead of the negative and, and the love and all that stuff and i think that just raises the vibration and i think that's you you see that in different groups i mean not only in you know like ufo twitter or you know whatever but i mean if 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 people get together like that and the way we're doing it you know it it could be a global thing where you know the positivity and you know we're not sitting there going you know rumorating on the negative you know the perfect
2: example of this in today's news in, in the uk is that apparently young guys or not young guys but young men and teenagers and stuff are doing this thing where they they sing sea sh- uh, sea shanties i was just like
0: what oh like, yeah man I'm, I'm doing that all the time what the hell's yeah, that but, i don't know what that is i'm so, joking i have no idea like, what he's so, talking about do
2: you, know, do you know sea shanties like you know, old sailor songs like kind yeah, of yeah i know i know it. what a sea shanty
0: is oh yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah yeah a sea shanty so like apparently the people are recording them on the internet getting into the shanty the people are joining it and harmonizing it That's it's crazy it <laughs> So, but on the radio show I was listening to, they were talking about how, firstly, it was funny. Secondly, how, <laughs> as a psychological study of what's going on in this country, something as bizarre and outlandish as that uh, in a culture that doesn't do sea shanties. Yeah, yeah. They you know, <laughs> <laughs> find, find some beauty in it and some joy and they start doing yeah. it. And it's quite a positive thing. And it's about belonging. And it's about, you know, because there's no way else to do it. Togetherness, oh, yeah. Yeah. And now we're here, unless you. In a big house with big family around you, like a lot of people, their contact is over the internet. And like you know, it's the internet thing. Like you know, what's been talked about recently with you know, Elon Musk said it a while back. He said it is an alien amongst us. He said it was the internet. Same with Bally.
0: so did so did David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. and then so, uh, Bledsoe said that in your interview, right? Jay? Yeah, he was he was quoting. He said it, he said it from David Bowie, I believe he was uh, saying it because. Uh, yeah, it was uh he said it was an interview that David Bowie did where he said that the uh the the no, it wasn't it wasn't an interview I did. No, I think we're both getting our wires crossed here. Because <laughs> if you've listened to the same interview as me, it's actually from Lex Friedman's interview with Diana Pasolka. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah she was go. the one who said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, because she's involved with Chris Bled, so I, yeah. I thought for a minute. No, no, yeah, it was it was the one with uh, Lex Friedman, which is a great interview for anyone who's listening right now, you should definitely check out the Diana Pasolka interview with Lex—that's great. And it's read great. that book. That book is and amazing too. American Cosmic. Yeah, it's on yeah. My, it's my. My birthday's coming up. And it's on my list. Oh man, I'll send it to you for your birthday, man. It's Happy you. birthday! Oh, uh, nice. I think my mom's already got that <laughs> oh. job, but I can, I can give you. I can give you another book. No worry. You All write
2: right, Pasolka on your show, it to read it to you. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> I would love to get Diana on, dude.
1: I mean, there's that. That's something to unpack. I mean, that's a lot. I mean. You know, Tell we talked about it. We talked about that. I mean that whole spiritual thing and then and the Vatican and, and uh you know the lady and everything that's going on and man, I used to think everything was nuts and bolts, you know. I thought I really did, yeah. but now I there's the no way. way. I love
2: the way it's going. Like this uh this little narrative with um Tyler at the Vatican in front of the templar stuff it's mm-hmm. like yeah, no, I
1: not know. Yeah,
0: what's what's the relevance kind of, of the book that he's? Uh, what's the relevance of the book he's he's next to in the Vatican secret archives, though? I'm guessing one of you would know. The, the one that you had to take the picture down from. The yeah, yeah. Um, no, I didn't have to take that. I didn't have to take that image down. Um, oh, that one's still on there. I uh, had, to, had to take down an image of a letter. And uh, oh, okay,
1: that's right. That's right.
0: I think that I think there was another one but no he he was uh, it was Tyler D outside uh, well inside the Vatican secret archives he was standing outside of a exhibition with a book oh, yeah. and it was what was it called I saw it yeah it was the
2: it was like it was a templar it templar the, something templar records basically yeah. it's like a section of the Vatican that It's exceptionally difficult to get access to part of which she's got on that interview, didn't she? About how she gets in there. Somebody translated
1: and it said something about the secret arch, the entrance to the secret archive, or the secret archive, something, whatever the Latin was, or whatever on the on the book it said something about the secret oh, right
0: oh yeah yeah at yeah. the bottom the little insignia yeah because yeah. It, it, it was housed in the secret archives right. I and mean, the whole the whole thing with that was that tyler d and diana Pasolka had got you know permission yeah. to uh, go into the secret archives and on behalf of chris bledsoe you know to go and speak with him and and for those who've listened to my interview what chris bledsoe describes is that um through diana um via the pope he was given a letter that and and some images from antiquity that were depictions of orbs with angelic beings inside them um, shooting light towards quite priestly looking individuals including Saint Francis which were depicting the stigmata and uh, the the Pope had said in the letter that the um, to be careful of the the orbs because they are angelic beings and that they don't mean to do any harm but that they are so they're, they're comprised of such an intense energy and they can get so excited by your presence that they can get too close and quite literally kill you so i mean you know i haven't seen that letter but this is a letter that he was supposedly given by the pope who was warning him to just be careful of his interactions with orbs. And so, you know, the, the Chris Bledsoe story for me, it's the, it's the actual fact that there is evidence that there's a high level of interest, you know, from government, Jim Semivan, to NASA and the different, you know, different physicists that are taking an interest to even the Vatican and being allowed, you know, his his third-party associates to be allowed into the Vatican archives on, on his behalf. And so there's, there's something going on here that's profoundly important, and I'm, I'm not quite sure I know what it is yet. Well,
2: I think it's the the... the a lot of people believe in prophecy
0: mm-hmm. like yeah
2: and i think that they think that that's what they're going to find and and also like you know it's not been the first person i'm not the first person to say it but like the idea that um something's being started or it's a it's a large ritual an ongoing thing that's go that's happening well um, i was
0: talking to my sorry to interrupt i was just quickly saying that like, how crazy would it actually be if you know Everyone's just going about their normal lives. Most people are just going about their normal lives, you know, day to day, nine to five, looking after the kids. Imagine if it actually turns out there is some huge underlying prophecy that is supposed to unfold and there is like this awakening that's coming in the next few years. I mean, if that's actually the case and there's people that are aware of that, how do you deal with that? How do you handle that? How do you disseminate that out into the public?
2: I don't think you can, man. Like, I mean, although maybe the way you do it is if it is that kooky and really based in like a cult magic and stuff which maybe it is but i guess you'd fight it with magic and how would you do that you get all the people who don't believe in magic like most of the world to raise their vibrations and you know sadly covid's not really helping that but like we were saying before people are individually trying to raise the vibrations there's this vibe that we actually are all in it together yeah despite yeah. like kind of nations being divided into little factions, but as a world we're actually facing something like you'll think about, remember that Reagan interview where oh, he talks yeah, about hey, what might bring you together. That might bring you together. The disease that
1: affects the whole world. Right.
2: Like, you know, like, you know, yeah, it's, I, I think about this quite a lot. It worries me, but at the same time, you know, like the reality of it is, it's kind of like, if you want to save a planet, you have got to do drastic stuff because we've become so arrogant. Oh, I don't I hate this because I don't think the human race is arrogant, but I think what we've discovered, um, we're destroying ourselves with. Like it's only been
0: complacency, ourselves. almost a complacency in in our consciousness, like planetary, like like there's just like a can't be bothered, yeah. <laughs> right? Can't be bothered to fix things, yeah. man. Like
2: you know, our, my, our grandparents, like every single one of our grandparents probably were surprised when they got an indoor toilet yeah (laughs) Yeah. like that's the bare truth and it's not that isn't that long ago mate like um i remember growing up and not having central heating like and now it'd be like oh my god i don't have central heating this is ridiculous yeah Yeah, but you just put more clothes on and you got into bed and you put two duvets on but we are like now it's become the point where it's like seriously man like we do not know how lucky we are. Even the person who sat at home in a small place with heat a heated building. Jesus Christ. Like
0: You know, that's a funny synchronicity because literally last night it was so cold. I got inside. It was so cold and I got in, I got into bed. And I did have I genuinely had that thought of like I'm so grateful that I've got a bed and a duvet and a, you know a blanket and a, and a house and a roof and like it's good to have. I think it's good to have those moments of of gratefulness because, yeah, like we're we're profoundly uh, you know fortunate. We're we're even though we've got the ability to see quite high levels of corruption. I think that's this is kind of the thing, right? Is that there's all these different levels of suffering in the world we're not having to deal with hunger on a day-to-day basis. Like, you know, our primary mode of survival is not, we need to find food on on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, you know, so people who are like that are consumed by that, that's all that matters to them is to, you know, maintain survival each day because each day is a genuine challenge to survive we're fortunate enough most of us to not be in that type of position but because of the privilege that we do have which is all of the different things around us that we've just listed we have the ability to see a higher level of corruption and a higher level of, of of an issue that's going on that people who have to you know spend their day trying to survive just don't see because it wouldn't figure into their their survival life you know but we have a different view because of our privilege and i think that that's one thing to take away from it is to maybe not necessarily beat ourselves up over the fact that we have this privilege, but to, to use it in a sense to, uh, you know, as a platform to, to start doing something that other people can't do because of the fact that they're not in our situation.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. But, but again, this, this, this potentially could be, could be that tipping point. I mean, yeah. the longer we go through this situation, the only thing that's going to hold people together, societies together is, taking away the threat of financial ruin. Because the further things go on, like, you know, if, if you have to keep locking down and, you know, really, still got like billions of people to feed. Like, think about Britain, still got 70 million people or whatever. They're all gonna need to survive. So they're all gonna need money, otherwise what's gonna happen It just breaks down. So the answer, there's only one answer if it doesn't resolve itself quickly, and that's basically, to start giving people universal basic income like i just can't see any other way around it and
1: yeah well that, not to spin I mean, off of that for a second but one of the something that just popped into my head like out of nowhere sorry to interrupt you but um i just was thinking about you know so the the other worldwide pandemic it was the spanish flu in 1919 right i think it was something like that 1919, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. and what just popped into my head was that um that was the year of fatima the same thing that yeah. that was the oh. same year as fatima right oh interesting very yeah.
0: interesting. Oh, that is interesting. I'm gonna to Google to make sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it was. It was eighteen or nineteen. It was one of those two years. It was right before or during or I think that the whole pandemic, the Spanish flu thing happened for a couple like two so or three years, Spanish, right? Spanish
0: Spanish flu was nineteen eighteen. Nineteen eighteen. Fatima,
1: Fatima had, I think it was 19. I, I'm, I'm, I'm for some reason that just kind of got beamed into my skull. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 don't <laughs> worry. I'm honest, it, no. Uh, so Fatima was 1917.
0: So 1917. that is quite interesting, actually, that that occurred, and then something quite global occurred afterwards.
2: Yeah. I suppose I suppose it just come out of uh, World War One, right? Like to like the so in terms of like the way people's minds were at the time, they were pretty desperate for some something nice man Like yeah.
3: Something
2: divine. yeah again like we're in a time where people like have seemingly seeing more of this sort of thing and they're going back to those sorts of beliefs we're but, in tough times
1: but what if what if like what you know what you said before too what's is it and i can never pronounce this the toppers or you know like wh- where you basically manifest what you're concentrating on and you're thinking about and you, so oh, if yeah. we're at this global level of everybody's in this like if we're in this funk or you know we're feeling dread or whatever whatever we're doing and we're doing it collectively i mean are we manifesting the lady are we bringing her on to or is she coming because we're all funk we're all in this funk and we need some help or you know i mean you can go anyway with it right i mean is it is it is it, it she here for good or for bad or like is it yeah. is it connected i don't know i just i just thought yeah. that it was interesting well I, th-
0: that- I think if you if you asked for example maybe terence mckenna he'd probably say that it's a Cultural symptom for, of our own, you know, overmind of the own mm-hmm. conscious overmind. That it's um, perhaps not even a real deity or or anything other than merely a uh, an overlay of the human consciousness interacting with itself to uh, to help itself. It's yeah. not my opinion. It's just a just yeah. a thought that popped in because uh, I know that's same. the kind of way that someone like Terence would look at it. Yeah, same with Carl Jung. Just yeah, yeah, you know,
2: like the collective unconscious. Like it becomes something that you expect to see. You know, like. You know, if, if that's been something that your family and their descendants for thousands of years have had a female mystical figure, you know, it's always been there. Like, I mean, people, the amount of people online that talk about the different types of mystical ladies that have been and they, like female goddesses that could fit the bill,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but they're endless. So it's always been there. Like, you know, the female, like the divine feminine, it's always been there. Um, but yeah. And I guess, like, I've been reading a little bit about that recently, too. And obviously, because the, the divine uh, feminine is related to the moon, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right? And the male energy is usually related to the sun, like the soul. The sun, yeah. Yeah. So there's an interesting picture. Like, there's did you guys ever see that picture that got out there of the presidents all having to look at the moon one time? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Right.
2: Because you live in a patriarchal society where the soul male is constantly um, celebrated Mm -hmm. Um, and that one incident I'm guessing is part of a ritual to accepting the female yeah
0: acknowledging the divine and feminine yeah Yeah,
2: but then I mean, if that's true I mean that's that tweet that that, that went out there if that really did come from who it it was supposed to have come from uh, like from Diana Pasulka um, that's that's mind blowing stuff really it's kind of like well what's going on
1: well, cool. that gets, that gets into it. Like through this whole thing that, you know, we've been, all been talking about. I mean, there's people like, you know, you turn me on to Scott Wolford. I mean, and I, I kind of knew who he was, but I didn't realize he was a Freemason. I didn't realize that he was um, going down the path he did. And then some of his, the interview you shared with me um, was amazing where he just goes through and he just kind of just drops it out that said somebody came to him who was a Mason, you know, they hung out, you know, he, he knew, you know, on the level that he can trust this guy. He's a Freemason and all this stuff. But this guy was basically like, I need your help. And this is the thing that we got to do. Yeah, and I mean this, me, this is what me, we got to do.
0: Me and me and this dude have been in communication for about a year.
1: So your he, guy came uh, to you did the same thing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, so um yeah, no just for just for um uh fact-checking reasons, not for uh, ego or anything. No. He he got in contact with me first. I was speaking yeah. with this guy for about a year um he he was actually interacting on my channel under the handle injured cold mm-hmm. uh, which obviously has connotations yeah. um, you know and uh, so he was dropping a lot of different comments on my channel and then we eventually got into email communication and uh yeah since then we've had hundreds and hundreds of emails dozens and dozens of phone calls um looking to have him on the channel soon that's something that we've been looking at for quite a while but it just never seemed like the right time and mm-hmm. uh yeah, he I was actually surprised because it was it was Jean-Luc that sent me the interview with Scott Walter going like yo like the, he's talking about your guy because Jean-Luc knew about this uh, this guy that I've been talking with right. um, you know Cold or as as Scott Walter called him which I know him as as well Holden
3: mm-hmm.
0: um you know which isn't his real name obviously Mm-hmm. but he's demonstrated to me you know um, he's absolutely demonstrated that he's involved in intelligence channels and there's no doubt about that in my mind whatsoever so he's I'm, I, he was telling me about his involvement with Scott Walter he was telling me that he'd gone to visit the family you know he'd gone to see Scott he'd drunk bourbon with the guy and and you know told him all about his you know his well, to, to the extent he could his mm-hmm. life and showed his credentials and his details and and I said oh man I wish you could have done that with me I wish you could have flown out and seen me you know obviously it's a little bit harder I'm in the UK but um no it's uh, it's it's a really interesting twist in this little story and I it's not he isn't someone that I've brought up on my channel much just because you know it, it, to be honest I've been trying to figure it all out. I've been trying to figure this all out myself and, and and have this conversation with him in the background. And it's getting to this point now, especially now that he's involving himself with Scott, where I'm just like, right, well, this guy's obviously making moves. He's talking to people. He wants to do something about this. He's never given me the indication that he's trying to misinform. And he's never he's never pushed me to put information out that I've never understood or anything like that. It's always more just been there as an advisor and, and, and you know, in an advisory capacity. That's how I would put him. And uh, yeah, he's getting himself involved with Scott and I'm probably going to hopefully speak with Scott soon and get him on the channel because I've obviously got this connection now with him through, uh, through this, through this dude with, both speaking with, but it's all very mysterious. <laughs> yeah, and I never expected this to happen in my like. You know, when I first got into this subject, I was like I said, talking in the forest <laughs> with a little camera setting up in the tree because I saw some crazy stuff and I had to talk about it. And people always go like, "Oh, you know, wh- why do all of these UFO guys suddenly get all these sources and all these on?" It it happens. It really does. If you start doing the work and you put in, you're putting in the work. People do approach you. I, you know, that's the only thing I can say from self experience is if you're putting in the work and they're impressed, they will approach you
1: yeah no totally and i was always afraid and i've said this in in a couple of my videos too i was always afraid of that shit because when i grew up Mm -hmm. people would when that happened you were in a van (laughs) and (laughs) nobody talked to you again oh yeah right or you came back later and you didn't talk about anything anymore you know it wasn't like hey i'm here to help and be cool it was like you're done like uh you're, you know yeah. you, hit, you touch the nerve a little too tight and you know that was back in the day though i mean now you think it, with the internet like we were talking before i mean it's real easy to have anybody well, go out there see whatever the hell they want but
0: th- this is a weird thing sorry sorry john this is it's, a, it's just a weird little tidbit and i'm just throwing it out there because you guys would probably appreciate this as well but before i actually um kind of before I got into communication with this guy and before I got contacted um, by like Richard Dolan and Grant Cameron and, and people like this, cause I was really lucky to get this sudden, uh, you know, ability to connect with a few quite notable researchers. And before all of that happened, because that like getting connected to Richard and Grant and also this other guy all happened very within a short space of time around themselves. And before that <laughs> I had this crazy dream and like, It You know, I've always thought to myself, like, oh, man, that was definitely some weird premonition. And the reason I do is because of what happened after I had this dream, because the dream itself is relatively simple. But this has just never happened before. So I I, I was suddenly in this dream. I was in a car just flying down the highway and I was in the passenger seat and there was someone else driving the car. And we were just absolutely flying down the highway at, at, at ridiculous speeds. And that's all the dream was. But I woke up and I just had like total vertigo the the whole room was spinning everything was just spinning i went to get out of bed and i fell over onto the ground like my my entire motor response was gone and i spent the whole day throwing up into the toilet like i I spent I, i was totally blasted out everything was gone and i felt so stressed every time i looked at the computer screen I couldn't even i was getting like nausea and i couldn't think about information for the channel i couldn't even every time i tried to read a document i was just like oh so i had a break and i took this break and i just felt better and i you know i got myself collected and once i felt better all this stuff just suddenly landed on me richard dolan grant cameron this guy getting connected to me and it was just like holy shit and i felt okay i felt ready to take it but it was just this really weird dream almost like buckle up buddy because things are gonna <laughs> things are about to get weird and it like you know to the point where i woke up and the whole room was just spinning and yeah so i've always just felt like that was some weird sign about what was to come for my own personal journey
1: no dude that, it's, like yeah yeah that's crazy i mean it's, it's <laughs> right? probably it's probably something it's not crazy i mean it, it's probably all connected in some way man i mean
2: well what, 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 i mean the fact that you're getting chaps contact you telling you who you know, the, the, the high level intelligence operatives or the DOD or whatever it may be um, and giving you stuff that's quite like kind of, I mean, enough to keep you on the hook enough to keep Scott Walter on the hook. So all of a sudden, like it's quite, I find that really interesting. I also find it really interesting that, you know, in the Scott Walter interview, they go into the TV show dark mm-hmm. yeah. and I was going on about this the other day online, but, um yeah, I finally got around to actually really watching so it. So good, isn't it? It's excellent, yeah. Like and 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 when I start to, you know, get into it all and you start to see the uh, Sigmundus S Sigmundus creatus, yeah. Is that right?
0: Sigmundus creatus S. yeah.
2: Yeah, so like uh basically that's in relation to the Emerald Tablet, which is uh something that was created apparently by Hermes or Bob.
0: Well, um, you know, my, this guy told me that he was an intel. This is one of the first things he told me. And, uh, you know, he, he has uh, roots. He actually has roots before intelligence in the um, like film production music industry hmm. uh, in different, different caveats, different roles. And uh, he, he did... This is actually, uh, you know, obviously when he was working with Dark, this is after his intelligence, you know, during his intelligence career. But Before his intelligence career, he was involved in that kind of stuff anyway. But yes, he said that he was an intelligence consultant on all three seasons of Dark. And, that you know, he said to me that there is more real science in that series uh, that's re- that relates, although subtly, does relate directly to the ufo phenomenon there is more science in that series than any other series anything ever made in his opinion you know that's public record um so it's it's worth listening to and taking it in because they do discuss different formats of physics for time travel some of it goes over my head but he you know if 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 we're going to take what he says about it then yeah it's basically uh got a composite of some of the most real science about out there, physics to do with UFOs and time travel.
2: Sounds like when you sort of get into it as well. I mean, I'm, I'm like you; I don't, I don't understand quantum physics and uh, the stuff that's going on with this that kind of science. But yeah, okay, like, uh, I get, I get it enough to watch the show and follow it. But the impression I get when they're talking about it, it's all, it's all about the, the Higgs particle, isn't it? And um, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, particle.
2: So it was the idea that that's going on at CERN now, and some of the strange things you see coming out soon and some of the really exciting things like uh you know this stuff is i guess a reality i mean people have theorized it talked about it for a long time like people that we that are hugely intelligent and respected people so yeah maybe it is real and one thing that obviously if time travel is real um you know I mean we're like well how can it be there's no way we could invent that but Time travel is real. Like it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> it, it, it don't, matter. don't matter. It's
0: real, mate. That's, that's <laughs>
2: it. yeah. Two thousand years. Two thousand years. Time someone invents it and starts that loop. It's real. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, no, um, absolutely.
3: I think it's
2: a brilliant link, man. Like, it, and again, when you sort of take it to the mythology behind it, and you look at what the uh, Sigmundus creator Est means, and uh, you know, it was, it was a. Thing that was discovered, and then it was uh, by the temple. well not the Templars in had discovery, but they made a real deal translating it, uh, it was important to them, and then uh, Sir Isaac Newton later on went and did his own version and so, you know, Sir Isaac Newton obviously was following on, going into things like the Invisible College, which I think we've all talked about before, uh, like the Royal Society and that sort of stuff, but the early days of it, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you sort of see this pattern, and, and it's uh, again, it goes back to uh, sections of freemasonry and, and knight's Templar, um so it's it's, it's interesting so you've got two have, tang- have you
0: seen it have you seen it john no, i haven't seen it. no
1: I, I watched the uh beginning of it last night um and it was just like I think my wife got it and was like, Nope. <laughs> she thought it, was, it looked like it was too I mean, scary. You yeah. Know? She from, was like, uh I'm, okay. Nope. I'm a bit of a film
0: nerd and I love it. I, it just drips that atmosphere. It's like it's so well put together just from like a film perspective, like so dark and gritty. If you like that kind of stuff, which yeah, I do, yeah. and like the, the music score throughout it with the violins and stuff. Oh man, just chilling. Like it's just so well put together as a series and then the concepts being discussed as well. Oof, yeah, no I'm,
1: no. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in. The thing that gets me to it, like, so you go back to like, so if, if Holden or, or this guy, you know, if he is a Mason, if he's tied in the Rosicrucians, I don't know if he is or not. I mean, it'd be something to ask him. It seems to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's Ooh. a brother of mine, and you know, I could reach out to him, and I have to trust him, and I think this is the same way that Scott does because of the, you know, I mean, we're not. It's not like all Masons are, you know, completely perfect, and you know, we're all. I mean, we're all humans too, but. Um, I'm thinking what if he's got his hands in in all of this in, in that show and in, in what he's doing with Scott, who has a platform, we could do a show your show. I mean, you have a platform, Jay, that, you know, you're you're doing. And like, has he I mean, has he been tasked by somebody at
0: this level that we so don't possibly understand the, for a message? The most I can probably say about that is that he's said to me that there is. Um, hang on. Let me just clear my throat and I'm just going to mute myself to do it. Yeah. Um he you know the most yeah the most i can probably say about that is that he has told me that this is something that he's been greenlit to do that it's not necessarily part of his job description um more of like an extracurricular activity i suppose you could say that has some some sort of official um stamp of approval over it um so he does still have to report to superiors about you know certain aspects of what he's doing because the point of this is he at least through his own words is supposed to be helping with disclosure you know in 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 the ways in which he can do that and so you know i i asked him quite early on when we were speaking are you interacting with any other channels you know is this and and he said at the time i don't have that much time in my day so you know no i'm only interacting with you so now he's interacting with scott um and he seems to be, based on the conversations that we've had in the background, very happy about interacting with Scott and seems to be having a really good relationship with this guy, especially, like you said, because they're both brothers. And uh, there seems to be some sort of understanding, at least in that respect, So, right. uh, you know, and well, he flew out to his house, you know, and, and met the guy and sat down with him and, and his wife. So there's definitely something going on here that should probably be paid attention to. But right now. I, I, I'm I'm quite unsure of what this all really means, and like I said, I'm looking forward to having these guys on because um, it's yeah. been in the works for a little bit with this with the with this guy Holden, but now that Scott Walters is interested as well, I think that having the two of them on for a discussion would probably be uh, pretty be pretty important. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if he
2: is who he says it is, like then yeah, pretty important. It's an understatement. It'd be an amazing. Yeah, one. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Yeah, be <laughs> it. Like um. But, like, well, I just think it's, you know, you've got two, two tangents, though. Right? I, I can't get over this. Like they, both of them head towards this Templar or Rosicrucian vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a certain vibe as well that, you know, and, and Chris played so, or probably Brian actually said it the other day in an interview, where there's a threatening element. So there's, yeah. there's, there's people that come to them that are really nice and friendly and cool. Uh, and then there's people that are sort of in the mid-ground who are aware of there's, there's an element and but they're all right and then you've got the ones who are decidedly nasty and have, have threatened them for whatever reason but i mean the message that they've got is like one of kind of peace isn't it like it's a it's a it's a real spiritual message seems to be yeah yeah, yeah it is um and then T- back to ttsa the other big players like that we've seen over the last few years their message is is one of it's not peace, is it? But not from what I see, it's a threat narrative. So, like, I mean, it's an awesome narrative too. It is. I mean, like, looking at disclosure, like, like actually getting the Pentagon to engage. But the overriding thread with that that comes out of it is that they're appealing on a on a threat level. People in important yeah. levels need to take note because this potentially could be a threat to American airspace or American, yeah, American
0: um, safety. Mm-hmm. So, go on. Sorry, yeah. It's, it's so, we should probably do a raising hands thing, I guess, instead of cutting yeah, you No, out. No, no, sorry no, that's all right, that. no, that's all right. Um, no, all I was going to say there was, I guess, and this is like the kind of thing that I've echoed before, and maybe it's not this black and white, but um, my thoughts on the whole threat narrative was just that it's it's, it's bureaucracy language, you know, it's the kind of language that actually precipitates a response from the government from the body politic from the defense intelligence bureaucracy, you know, if you go in there talking about oneness and peace with VTS, they're just gonna get the hell out of the Department of Defense. So if you go right. in there talking about, you know, the acquisition of information relating to national security about incursions and threats of anomalous yeah. vehicles yeah. over sensitive target ranges, you know, you suddenly get uh, an interest from the body politic going, holy shit, okay, that sounds really serious. Now the DoD is saying that there's something really and so, I think that you know, it might not be this black and white, but it just seems to me that at least on the surface level, the the threat narrative is more about getting a an official response from the United States government through the through the language that they're using. And and these guys are professionals navigating and negotiating through the channels of the United States. You know, especially Christopher Mellon and, and Lou Elizondo.
1: Totally, I think they're they're they know from the inside what is going to initiate a response from absolutely from the government, right? That, and if you, like you said, if you go in there talking about angels and fairies, they're going to be like screw off. But yeah. if it's like, hey, we need to spend a bunch of money, which is going to get a lot of people's interest because everybody has an interest in getting somebody else a contract or whatever. But if we're going to have to go in there because we, it's a threat, then that's called the Department of Defense. It's not called the Department of of fairy, you know, like the Department <laughs> no, of Light. Exactly, it's though, called exactly. the Department of Defense. We we we, that's what no, we do. I'm guessing, okay. like,
2: you know, the reality is so these these meetings happen at top level. Senators are informed of this potential threat and these videos. And the next thing that happens is they go, right, so if this is actually a threat, right, we need our intel guys, the ones who aren't TTSA, having a quick look into this, the background of it. They're going to read Gods and War. They're going to read Secret Machines.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Then they're going to go, well, hang on a second. This is a Gnostic text. This is a religious spiritual text. Um, this is a, essentially a Mm pseudo-history of of Nazi UFOs, like for the fictional stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Top-level senators, like, are sat in a meeting and they've got guys coming in going, we're from a secret UFO, dude, oh my God. And you've got Chris Mellon from the Mellon family, serious guys, I'm involved in, you know, serious shit. You're going to go, all right, we've got absolutely tons of intel dudes. Go and read everything they've ever done. As this organisation, and come back to it. Yeah? So then they're going to come back and go, these guys are selling a pretty crazy ass story. One that I love, by the way. Like, <laughs> um, but it's true, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it, no,
0: no, it is true. They're not all going to sit
2: there with the rugs pulled over their eyes and go, it's a thread, We've got to listen to him. It's all about, yeah, you know, it's just not that simple, man. Like, they must, they must know this shit.
0: Well, I think
1: they know, and I think it's probably. And this is my two cents. I think that they're probably in there, and I think that they've hinted around from from the other interviews they've said is like, we couldn't get it done inside. Like there's that wall. They hit Mm -hmm. that, that, that evangelical Christian top. That was just like, absolutely not. We're not going to talk about any of this shit. So I think that what they came up with the plan is like, we're going out. We're going to, we know exactly what we need to do. We know what buttons we need to push. We know the people we need to get a hold of. We need, you know, we need to do this, this, this. And then when we do that, maybe we can come back.
0: Yeah, or, maybe the idea is to go out and then back in again.
1: Right, and then then in the effect change, or maybe they never mm-hmm. left, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. Lou Elizondo never lost well, his clearance. Said he yeah. says that, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, all this stuff, it's like we just need to do it more publicly or, and just get other people more riled up about it. And if Tom DeLonge is going to be the guy, he's just the guy, you know, like to make it happen. I mean, there's always been guys. Grant Cameron talks about all the time. about yeah, yeah. Messiahs. Messiahs. There's, like, there's all kinds of programs happening all the time. And, and not oh, yeah. to say this Holden guy isn't, but... You know, uh, there's always the disinformation part of that whole thing, too. I mean, there always is. There's always the way to like try to push you off into something where you should not focus on. There's always that, Absolutely. you know, there's Absolutely. always that, let's talk to these people that are getting out to other people and give them some bullshit. Just so that they can spit that out to everybody else, and 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 trail us off on the trail, you know. And I'm just not saying he is, Jay, and I know you're smart no, enough no, to no, watch out. Not. I'm not. I know you're smart enough to know hey, which way it know, goes, man.
0: I'm I'm smart, but I'm not intelligence community smart. So you know, there's <laughs> there there is always that risk. But like I said before, the one of the main things, really, and and he's he said this as well is you know. He spent so much time communicating with me and so far I haven't been manipulated into opinions that I didn't have before you know at Mm. least not knowingly and nobody's called me out saying hey you're peddling BS on your channel like I do you know so far so good it seems Mm. Um, so I don't get the indication that he's trying to do that I mean I could be wrong but for, for me personally just because of the amount of time and effort it has taken for him to kind of talk to me about different subjects and you know provide evidence and links and, and different ways in which to kind of encourage it, and bolster my my kind of uh, opinion of him it just seems it just seems unreasonable at this point to uh, to to think that but obviously you have to remain guarded of course you do you know
2: it is it is a coordinated push like
0: um yeah it, it must agree.
2: It, the narratives are all starting to come into one place and, like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's certain players online, too, who they're, they're also pushing stuff out there um, in different ways. And they appeal to different de- demographics of people, even, even within the UFO community. Mm-hmm. But if the message all starts to collide in one place, coming from various different sources, like, the word's being put out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just the guy in a room on the internet, but it's what it feels like. After all these years, like, it feels like the word's being put out and people are getting fed what could potentially be a real story what,
0: question time why has tucker carlson been chosen as the kind of flag bearer of disclosure oh, for the mainstream media i think he's
1: and like you said that there's different fa- there's people like there's people that i know and i hate to say this but like in america there's it's really divided we talked about this mm-hmm. so there's yeah, people yeah. that just are right or left and people that would just if it wasn't on fox news it wasn't real Like everything, (laughs) honestly, it was like, because Trump pushed that for so long, like if it wasn't on Fox, it was just fake news. It wasn't real. So I think that you have that, that you're, you're preaching to that demographic. It's the people that that wouldn't that wouldn't believe anything else. But if it's on Fox News, I got a friend that I send him stuff when it comes to UFOs, just on Fox. Because if I send it, the CNN link, same story, he's like, "That's bullshit." I send it to him from Fox News, he's like, "Oh wow, it's real." And it's just like, dude, it's the same exact story. It's yeah, just that's, the same thing. It's crazy. So that I is. think you're right, Jean Luc. I think it's like like so. There's people like um, you know, you got the right wing people, you got this, you got the spiritual people, you got the bloods, you got you got everybody that's in all these different demographics. I mean, hell, there's one of this thing that I was really excited about that i saw earlier this week was um there was a lady that put out the um uh the channel there's a video that says black people do see ufos yeah, yeah. and i thought that yeah. was amazing you know what i mean because the demographic is just a white guy for most of it mostly i mean there's a few women well, obviously I mean, but you know but yeah, at, right, at look, look channel right now. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah but i mean there's i mean there's definitely i mean you, what would you try to do to get a message across to everybody you get i mean do you kids you do, you know, different religious beliefs, different ethnicities, different, you know, what a, cultures, different, you go through the yeah. whole list, yeah. you know? Yeah,
0: because that's the thing. It has been experienced by, I would, I would imagine it's been experienced by probably one, at least one person from every single type of background in the world. At least one person has probably had some form of phenomenal experience, something with the phenomena, something with the paranormal. So, you know, it's, it's not just restricted to certain people, definitely not.
2: But it's, it's like different levels of belief, isn't it? It's like, you know, yeah. like in my town, like where I grew up, small town, every Tuesday or maybe every second Tuesday, I could go down and sit in a spiritualist church with 40 women and a couple of guys all over the age of about 50 all believed they were psychic mm-hmm. or all believe they were in a... Co- and that, you know, spiritualist churches are everywhere yeah? in, the, in, the, in the UK. Maybe not so much as they were but I couldn't go down the street and then go in and go to a UFO club with 40 people. But I suppose that's on the internet. So what I'm trying to say is like, but some levels of kookiness are completely acceptable to the And I always have been yeah, to the point right. that they've got a, a place in every town that people can go visit. <laughs> that's so true. And, you know, prior to that, they, you know, they had churches to go to, to do that too. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or
2: whatever faith is like, it's just, a, it's just a new one, man. And they've tried to do it in the 50s with the Adamski stuff. they tried to do it in the 70s, and they're doing it
0: now. That's so true, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's like you've got this these designated buildings where you can go and converse <laughs> non-locally through... through... Yeah, for essentially through like consciousness ce five, like you know, like in a in a yeah. church and have and some people speak in tongues and 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 get overtaken by the spirit and and that's all acceptable within our within within our cultural fabric, but right. then. Yeah, things that are actually of a very similar thread are then completely thrown out as, uh, (laughs) as, no, that's not possible. And that is an extremely, you know, it's extremely interesting thing that happens with human consciousness and like each individual cognitive, uh, you know, behavior going there because there's, you know... (laughs) What's the difference between these things? You know, what is the difference? Well, there there is isn't no, any. There is no, no, there is no difference. You know, and I mean, I think it was Lou Elizondo that said that paranormal is just quantum mechanics that we haven't understood yet. You know, and that's, that's that's true. It's totally it. I think that's it. I mean,
1: you know, we're living in a time now where, like we said earlier, I mean, it's everything's instant. You know, everything is instant now, and if and if the if quantum entanglement is a real thing. And, it, and it, you know, obviously it is through science and other things. And then, you know, if you can reach m- millions and millions of people quicker, faster, instantaneously through the internet, I mean, you could really work some kind of magic. Let, yeah. let's,
2: I mean, I've just another thought, I had which fits perfectly with that is essentially, we live in an age now where the majority of people in the Western world is illiterate. All right. They can read mm-hmm. most governments. I know the British government have had an initiative for a number of years where it's a human right to have a fast connection to the internet. Wow. Right? So it becomes like, I guess the point where if you have got a fast connection to the internet, blah, blah, blah. So everyone's literate, right? We're all on the internet. We've all got fast connections. We've got the internet's now been around long enough to just be full of basically every part of human knowledge, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, secret societies, for example. So, if you're into uh, early Rosicrucianism, you were a Knights Templar, any of that sort of stuff, to know about that prior to probably 50 years ago, less, 30, 20, I don't know, 30, like um, you had, you're never going to know, you might get a library from your local book, you might travel down to London and be able to get access to a couple of books in the British Library, you know, you might be a Freemason, so you've got some access to in the local lodges, Some, you know, but that's the only way you're going to find out so the reality is now like most people can go online and they're not going to get all the secrets that have always been there but first they can read second they've got everything so anybody that wants to suddenly learn about alchemy and uh egyptian ritual magic or all the stuff like Sumerians, yeah it's all there yeah mm-hmm. so we can actually see it and all three of us you know like you know everything i've learned is from a uh, a book that I've probably ordered on the internet has been delivered to my house or it's something I've read online on Kindle or it's on a website, everything. But, you know, when I, even when I was growing up, like, I couldn't have done any of that. I didn't have any idea about any of this. But now we've got, literally, I'll post something up on Twitter, you know, and I don't get huge responses, but, like, you can see, though, that hundreds of people have read it. So all of a sudden, like, someone's now open to the idea of, Mithraism, or they're now open to the idea that young uh, archetypes and and all this stuff that was, yeah. you know, really exclusive knowledge is no longer exclusive.
0: Underneath, so, the, uh, underneath the vast sea of porn and cat videos, there is a treasure yeah, trove of absolutely. vital information for humanity. <laughs> yeah, no, I've,
2: I've got two computers. One of them's there. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs>
1: Oh, you're right, though. You're right. It's true.
2: So, like, all of a sudden, we all suddenly become um, novices in a vast initiation. So, if there is an alien knowledge and it's virtual and it's the internet, uh, hey, mate, I'll tell you what. Like, Christ, like, if t- have this. Uh, if we had a time machine, I'd love to go back and interview myself in 1993 before I'd ever seen an internet. And I was obviously much younger and more dynamically beautiful, but. i would never have even heard of alchemy no no
1: No, i I got real lucky when i grew up my dad like saw ufos in the 50s and john duke and you know we talked about that my dad saw him so i grew up with the belief that it was real like i it for me it wasn't like a It wasn't a thing that it was, you know, kooky and, and, you know, but the only thing, the only way I experienced that is when you talked about it to somebody who didn't have the experience or didn't believe in it, they were kind of like, "Uh, okay, dude, you're kind of out there or whatever. But, you know, growing up, like literally like five, six, seven, I remember, you know, watching TV shows, books, my dad would get magazines, you know, VHS, like I just knew, you know, like it, it was just a thing. Um, nice
0: man, you hit the ground with a head start, yeah.
1: And, and you know, and I think that the, like in the 90s, so any you know, when the 90s kind of explosion started happening, when you got a lot more here in America, anyway, you got more press, you got more TV shows, and the X Files, and all that sh- you know, all that stuff started coming out. I mean, it started getting ingrained into society where it's now it's just, it's just a thing, but like you said, dude, 93 for you know, for most kids, forget it, you know, there's no way you would see. Yeah. Any of that, you know? So, I mean, the collective con- conscious, I think, probably starting to absorb it now where uh, it's not a big deal. But before, people yeah, would just so lose their minds, problems. right?
2: Maybe, like, yeah. when you think about, like, you know, people have been, I don't want to talk about monoliths, by the way, but let's talk about the, the Kubrick style monolith, like the idea that certain things happen and the human race expands. Now,
1: like milestones, like there's, like, or, or one event.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, Kubrick, you know, when um, yeah. Like, well, like the concept that the monolith appears at times when the human race needs a, a kick up the arse mm-hmm. or a helping hand to move to the next stage. So, you know, the start of 2001, the monolith appears. They are given the idea that they can actually now use the bones of the things that kill this tools to kill things faster. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Essentially, and become more creative. Waiter alert. <laughs> yeah, so- <laughs> yeah, spoiler
1: alert, yeah. Oh, well, Oops, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm spoiled <laughs> too fast. <much. laughs> <laughs> It's that movie trip. came out in like seventy, <laughs> what, sixty? Right? Yeah. <laughs> if somebody, if you uh, haven't watched it, that's your fault, man. Too bad. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I won't totally spoil it, but then later
2: yeah. on, obviously, <laughs> all three appears and people get smarter. in like, But like, you know, if that that concept that suddenly something appears and it makes us smarter, there's the internet right there. Yeah. Now, yeah,
0: weird, man. Weirdly. Oh.
2: Didn't Jack Ballet have something to do with the very start of all that? I
0: swear he did. He did. Yeah. yeah, he did.
1: Yep, ARPnet. He started ARPnet. Yeah. I'm yeah. the IT nerd over here. Yeah, so he started that, and that was basically for the government to talk to each other when, if shit went south in America, how would they communicate if you took out this part or this part? And still to this day, and they still use part of it, it's crazy. Like every 50 miles, and I could be wrong, it might be 100, but there's this giant tower, and I think it's about four or five stories maybe bigger solid brick huge foundation g- giant um we call them fire towers when we're kid but it's just a giant it looks like a monolith right but it's you know it's a it's a uh, square straight up and it's just the top of it's just full of microwave dishes and a bunch of shit and huh. the idea is is that from this tower 50 miles in whatever direction you can talk to this tower and then you can talk to the entire united states through the military or you know that channel and i think that's kind of arpnet the way that that's built is you're beaming microwave data through this thing and then a the 50 miles there's this thing so if you look at, there's in the middle of nowhere like there's one by the state forest by me it's just giant tower out of nowhere with this <laughs> all this crazy stuff and you know the big government uh chain link fence around it and you can't get near it and stuff and then 50 miles in any direction there's another one so he had his hand in developing that because if like nuclear war you know if, if the russians were to bomb us or whatever and everything's taken out we they you still had to have a way to, to talk to somebody across the the country and and you know jacques had his hand doing all of that and that's how we kind of Started, you know, that whole thing, which is yeah. nuts, man. That Whoa. is nuts.
2: Jack's
0: oh, interest... no, I... go on. No, go on, John. Go on.
2: I, you know, the fact that he's an interesting chap, isn't he? Like, he's, you know, his own quote is essentially that when I can't remember what the exact quote is, but when he starts to deal with the American government about the phenomenon, he suddenly he very quickly realized that he knew a lot more than they did. Yeah. Mm hmm. That says a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> it says a lot to me about what someone like Jacques Vallée truly knows and is um, yeah. allowed to say. And in terms of like dissemination, you know, like going back again to this idea that they've tried before, he was the seventies guy, wasn't he? He was the the guy helping Spielberg with close encounters and Yum. he was the guy sort of I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Got a lot of respect
1: for him. Um, yeah, he's like the he's like the godfather of yeah. of of all of he, this.
0: Yeah, I can't remember if I said this to you, Jean, but uh, <laughs> I swear I swear it was something along the lines of I feel like Jean uh, Chatvalé even and is almost like the Neil deGrasse Tyson for ufology like he's that guy that knows more won't say enough like you know like kind of like you wish he wouldn't and like I know some people in the ufo community don't like uh, NDT that, that wasn't me saying that you know that mm-hmm. these two characters are exactly alike. it's just it's just this kind of idea that you've got this almost spokesperson for this community and you know that they know more and I, I have a feeling with, with Jacques valet although and some people weren't happy that he was dropping his book into the Joe Rogan podcast that these guys did, but I'm genuinely pretty excited to read that book um, to see what he's got to say in it because he was, you know, hinting that there's going to be some pretty explosive information in there but at the same time, I kind of wish it just said it on the joe rogan experience i don't think he i don't think he can i think i think <laughs> no was i don't some... think he can either yeah. yeah
1: i know joe rogan does like a dinner beforehand or you know yeah, before yeah, they go yeah. on the show but i i don't think that that was properly discussed i Probably think that not. jacques Vallee has been in and is still in the deepest part of the government yeah. into yeah. the part where like i mean when you want to talk about the the top top stuff i'm, I'm sure he has clearances still that are just uh, that we can't put we can't even understand right i think that he's He's because he's an American citizen now. Um, so I think he, he's to the point where he can't say shit. He's he's yeah, another no one doubt. of those guys that he's going to get thrown away, and he's eighty something, right? I mean, until well, he gets they, to the point where he doesn't care, he's still got to worry about them taking his family out, or you mm-hmm. know what I mean, or something crazy like that. I
2: don't, I don't think he has to worry about that. Like no? I personally don't think he has to worry about that. Like because when you look at the, you know, look at for example what's recently been on TV with the Project Blue Book um, drama series, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the dramatized one like uh, the idea that you had alan hynek um working hired by people who knew there was something weird going on to debunk what was going on to uh, you know that's the idea of the tv show anyway mm-hmm. like um so that's out there publicly now and then his old assistant hynek's assistant said that he was a rosicrucian yeah jacques valet on meeting hynek apparently said i too uh, i know the rosicrucian arts right so again, you've got this common theme running through it all. All of these people that have the secrets, the ones that are trying to tell Jay secrets, the ones that are turning up on the doors of the place, are trying to tell them secrets. Um, it all leads back to the same types of societies, yeah. So I think that in terms of people being worried about, you know, being in trouble for saying stuff, like I think that, like Valet and stuff, know a hell of a lot more about what's going on. Top of the tree, I, you know, and that's not a bad thing. But he's just he he can't. I'm obviously. What do I
0: know? But that's how it feels to me. I agree. I kind of feel like the public the better these days. You know, put yourself out in a spotlight, let everyone know who you are, and then tell all the secrets. Because, I mean, you know, if they're going to do anything to you after that, it's going to be so obvious.
1: That was Bob Lazar's deal, right? I mean, people say Bob... There's so many people divided by Bob Lazar, right? But legitimately, the dude was afraid mm. that he was going to get killed. Yeah. yeah and that sure. he did that as a as an insurance policy to be like... Yeah. I don't want to die. I'm telling you what I know because they're going to kill me. They're trying to kill me. They've tried to kill me. They're still going to try to kill me, but blah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I understand, obviously, there's a huge amount of risk, but it, it it would be quite nice to have some of these guys say some, some sort of amazing statements and finish it off with, and if anything is to happen to me in the next, you know, few months or year, I want, you know... It, it, i did not do that (laughs) (laughs) you know basically someone got me and Mm -hmm. uh and i think that that would probably be enough of a deterrent you know especially if they're so public like someone like lou or chris you know you can't just take someone like this out everyone be asking questions well maybe you can i don't know maybe i mean
1: what was the thing that um uh with Bledsoe one of the interviews that with Ryan I think he said that you know why is he coming out and why is he talking about it because he was scared and that was kind of the impetus for Jean-Luc and I to talk because I watched that and I kind of got twisted because I was like man I really came out and started talking because I figured that that shit was done like the bad guys that that part was like you know I'm not going to get tearing out of here and and, you know put in somewhere but he said that um that I think it was Tyler or somebody, I don't know if he said Tyler specifically, but I, I think he was hitting in it. it they came to him and said, hey, six years ago, we would have just put a bullet in your head. But let me show you the slideshow. <laughs> this well, is I like- mean, oh. Tyler, Tyler, like, you know, I
2: don't know, it's hard to marry up this character Tyler because the pictures are out there of who he is. Right. And he seems like a lot of nice guy. I mean, like, uh, you know, you wrote a book about his, his time uh, in rocket engineering working for NASA. And also about like you know how he was having these great ideas and about you know it's a good book right? but it's not really related to this. It's related to his his life before this, mm-hmm. um, family guy, you know. But he, he, he essentially was a, an engineer, like and uh, you know got into like the science stuff through these revelationary experiences. So for him to suddenly get into a position where he's telling people that we would have wiped you out. I mean, I don't want to. Was it him that said that? And then spending time with Dan Absocker, and it looks like they have a, like a really nice kind of not a let's wipe people out time. It's a weird one,
0: man. Like, well, let's, yeah, we should make it clear. We're not saying we know that that is what he said. No, uh... not at all. I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just saying that during that time frame, all that stuff
1: happened. That yeah, somebody came yeah. to him and said, you know, hey, this is this I, is what I, we were doing. I
0: will it. add. I will add though that um, my only experience. It, it, even though not directly just indirectly my my only experience with negative or threatening people has been since i did the chris pletso interview because <laughs> oh, uh shit. really yeah no. yeah no not not to oh. me directly not to me directly but the, the the kind of weird controversy over getting the images taken down and then they were oh. quite concerned and they were getting you know that they were getting messages that they didn't like and they were telling me i need to you know blur these images because of the you know the the messages they're getting so that was my that's my only experience with um ever like i've never had other than you know trolls online i've never had directly anyone trying to threaten me or make me feel uncomfortable so um something seems to be happening with the bloodside family you know it Mm -hmm. does seem to be happening but he he said i think he said it in my interview as well that since 2016 there has been a noticeable change in how people have interacted with his family and especially like within intelligence and you know the, the the threatening messages and the threatening people have for the most part subsided away and that he feels, um, you know, Chris said he feels quite protected that he knows who he could call if he was in trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that there's like you, but Ryan said the same thing that there's those different levels. right? not yeah, all of them. Are this, yeah, yeah. There's not a unified yeah, message. Is,
0: yeah, no, there isn't. There's these weird levels where people are still making threats. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which strange. is it's
1: like. So, like, what are they on then? I mean, what yeah, is yeah. what is their what is their twist to this whole thing? Is it is it. Is it the right-wing evangelical Christian side that's doing the threatening, or is it like the dark magic uh, we want to bring about? We want Crowley back to pop open the portal. Like I don't
0: like. Well, I think I think when it came to at least specifically what was happening with my interview, it was more to do with affiliates. I don't I don't want to speak in absolutes, but just kind of like third-party affiliates of. of Diana Pasolka who were not happy about you know certain images that had certain information about Diana on those images being mm. public even though uh, from my understanding those images were public I just don't think that they were as public before you know they, going on to an interview with a few thousand people watching it was more public than the image that would, was already online so I assumed that that was the issue because it seemed to be around uh, around that but um, I don't She's... think it was anything scarier than that I think it was more to do with personal information and and uh, the right to kind of you know keep that stuff private if they wanted to.
2: So what well, I mean, I mean Diane Pasolka, I mean I've I, again like really good book, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story, it's like when I first, I guess when I first started to find out about her was was when there was drama about stuff that she posted up online, which she then removed and said that she'd had her account hacked, and that stuff was explicit, man. Like yeah, yeah, it was in terms of what we're talking about. Like um, you know, I mean, she said it wasn't true. But then in the Lex Friedman, I don't know, she I can't remember which interview it was. There was an interview where she said, well, essentially, like some of that stuff that was put onto the tweets was taken from hacked emails. Okay, so like she might have written some of those things, but they were then put out from a hacked email onto a tweet. Okay, via her own account. I don't know, but <laughs> but that stuff, like you know. The president's looking at the moon at least once in their time as president. Um, the stuff about, you know, directly talking about TTSA and her influences, Freemasons, it's all there. I mean, like- well,
0: they, they were very specific posts, and they were technically within the roster of what she looks into, and, and oh, yeah, so, man. you know, I, I don't think it's too far outside of the scope to say that they're probably legit real emails, um, real tweets even, um, and she wasn't hacked, and she's probably said that to save face i don't know if that's true yeah. but that just seems to be the case
2: well mate, well, it's, it's fair to speculate like if you're interested yeah, in these cases then that's what we should be doing mm. like because the reality of it is is like you know what man like i've been called out on it by a few people that i get obsessed by all these links but they're so tangible mm-hmm. like if you actually look at it and investigate it they're just so tangible and it's so clear and that should be more of the focus it's like seriously it's like a lot of that stuff, the people that are involved in this, that actually have a, have a voice, that gets taken down very quickly, man. Like, it's mm-hmm. starting to seep through because so many people are starting to say it now, but for a long time, you went down that route, you get shut down, people didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And that was, I guess, because it was like a fanboy mm-hmm. thing almost with TTSA. They were like, it can't be, don't put a negative spin on it. But at the same time, I think there's also something fueling that. So I think, you know, in terms of two sides, in terms of what gets into your mind and the message that's coming there's a side that's saying never look at that side of it. There's no occult practice. There's none of that, it's UFOs, blah, blah, blah. But you know, I don't think they can hide it anymore. If you're into mainstream UFOlogy, which this is now, like the, the crossover of the spirituality and all that kind of stuff. Um, and also blending into like, the ancient alien stuff because it does seem to start filtering into that too. Um, it's really weird man like you
1: can't you can't just dis- you there's no separation anymore man it's it's man. it's like religion spirituality consciousness uh nuts and bolts it's aliens it's UFOs it's it's all of this stuff and it's all just getting pushed back it, you know it's like it's like a coffee press you put it you put it all in there and then you start pushing it down and everything's all in the middle man it's I mm. think and I think that's kind of what it is it's it's probably um, a, a really big thing to get all of these these separate things like the the dark series, like the time travel thing, like any of these things that that you wouldn't necessarily go. Oh, I saw a UFO. Oh, that means I can go outside and have uh, meditate and have uh, direct connection with them. <laughs> like nobody, like five years ago, dude, tell me that would be like no, nah, yeah, no. I mean, you know, or any of this stuff, or I can travel in time, or like. You know, none of that stuff kind of gets gets pushed together, and it, it. I feel like they're trying to do it to just put it all together. It's kind of the same thing. It's all it's all related. And how do you do that? How do you get people that just believe in one thing, like you said, that if you're a TTSa fanboy and you can't say anything negative about it, how do you get the people that are on the other side of the fence together? How do you do it?
2: Well, I mean, I mean, again, like in terms of like you know, TTSa is a perfect example. that we said you've got two sides which could be completely different organisations. One creating spiritual literature um, and fiction and one that's uh, attending senate meetings and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's two very, very different sides of the one coin and it's like, it is, it's, it's, I don't know, and that's why to me it feels more genuine. Not TTSA, but the whole message that's coming out now that like something's building, all right? Now, I think that Personally, and I think that we've touched on this before, but if you believe in the fact that we are all uh, one consciousness, the you know the act of meditation and that kind of thing, like you know, you if you get to that point where you can enter into that as one thing and you see everything is connected, all of a sudden aliens and other people and other things, you know, if you take it down that kind of um, thought process, they're all the same thing anyway. So like to be able to contact an alien is literally contacting yourself. I know it's different (laughs) because they're not physically manifested, but if they're all part of the same group consciousness and you can contact them through accessing that, and we're all self-creating anyway, they're all eyes of one being
0: well this is the this is the next level of the discussion and and when when oh when will we ever hear the 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 fact that we are the phenomenon as well (laughs) you know because we're not separate from this we're not just some random human thing that's got all this other stuff that's called the phenomenon happening around it we're a part of that phenomenon and that we just haven't fully understood our role within that and uh you know i think that because i i've always wondered about like i almost resent like the the term the phenomenon it's like you're separating so much stuff away from us as well because and i have to say from my own my own personal origin story into coming into this the prerequisite to me making project unity or the precursor more like is is was conscious contact was actually having a uh, you know a few very intense experiences that couldn't have been brought on in my opinion through any other modality than the conscious coherent thoughts that i was actually putting out there and and asking for something to arrive because you know it would have to be the most ridiculous coincidence for these things to be turning up on multiple occasions and you know Mm -hmm. me seeing them whilst also in my mind trying to make that happen if that wasn't actually what was making that contact happen so for me it's it's kind of like you know (sighs) we're a part of this we're in like we were saying before we're entangled with everything in the universe to a fundamental level at like the energy level we are all entangled and it's just it's just this you know this idea of everything at the fundamental level is a single energy it's just being represented through a infinite spectrum of different variations and you know changes in frequency and spin rate and and all the different stuff that's creating the physical world around us that's our problem isn't it like that we're stuck
2: on one frequency most people can't see the other frequencies
0: absolutely and we're separated and i think that you know speaking at least from the western philosophy we have separated ourselves so much Mm -hmm. from nature from soul from spirit we're this mechanical you know this mechanical being in a dead universe basically (laughs) and it's just like that is not that's not what people experience on an interpersonal and on a subjective level like that's not what people experience through their own personal lives but it's what people try and tell us is real and it just you know i know i know and i I can't prove it you know i can't prove it to the satisfaction of a scientist and that's very frustrating to me but i know that there is a non-local capacity for consciousness i know that there is because of my experiences i would love scientists to now try and prove that for me i can't do that i don't have the right brain so if they could please (laughs) stop making fun of me and just do the work (laughs) i would really love to know the answers you know
3: yep Yep.
1: yeah yeah that's it i mean and and and, but you know like you guys got you guys, you have guys like put, you know, put off who's yeah. been devoted his almost his entire life to almost do that, you know, absolutely. <laughs> and supposedly he's a Rosicrucian or, you know, I mean, here here we go again, you know, um, this is weird. And I've said it before, but, you know, going back to that, like, why, why, are, why are these people at the top or why what's going on? It's not that. Um, and this sounds really, really weird, right? But what doesn't? Anyway, when I became a Mason, my, my big deal was like, I'm going to go in here because, you know, I read all the Jim Mars books. And I'm like, I'm just going to go figure this all out. And I'm going to tell everybody about their whole plans for world domination. <laughs> and I'm going to spread the message of, you know, what they're going to do. And then, well, like, I went through my first degree. And, like, I was – there's a call and response part where – when somebody will, you, you're, you're, you don't know what to say. Cause you're just going through it. And somebody like basically talks for you, but like, I knew the responses, which was weird. You know, I, I didn't, there still was the internet. I didn't go through and like, I didn't want to go through and say, you know, I knew all this stuff. I mean, the stuff that I was responding to wasn't anywhere that I could find. And it was like, I felt like I was back. I felt like I'd always been a Mason. I felt like I was just coming back. And, and, you know, one of the things is in Masonry is that, you know, you don't die. It's just, you know, we're, we go, you go, they call it the great architect of the universe, you know, the one, you know, the person that uh, everything. Um, and it's just like when we do a Masonic funeral, it's the most amazing thing. You know, I I'm, it's it's sad for everybody. But we as Masons kind of we kind of just kind of lay it all out for the family, like things that we're not supposed to say to the public and, you know, things like that. And we do just kind of just give it out, like just like, hey, look, we believe in the immortality of the soul. We're Masons, you know, we're going back to the architect. We'll come back again. You know, it's no big deal here it is you know so it was weird for me to kind of and i've never believed fully in like reincarnation and things like that and i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying that somehow something in me you know whatever like i just what oh, i was supposed to be you know
0: I yeah i feel um,
2: you man like like to, to start with me i was you know i've talked to both of you privately you know, on different occasions about the connection to my granddad like yeah i not know yeah. about him and then stuff, you know, i find out you know like uh, masonic connections all the way down like through generations like it's all been forgotten in my family or not been talked about or you know it's weird
0: so yeah, you're a long. fascinating guy man you are a fascinating individual and your family is fascinating as well <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it really is no it is it's, it's an oh, interesting so story
2: well it's it is it is it's what's well, interesting to me because it gave me something in my family because you were saying before about like, your dad being into UFOs and everything John yeah um, and that you know my dad wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but like um, but my granddad kind of well he wasn't interested in UFOs but he was interested in some kooky stuff yeah um, so that was like he was I guess my outlet and a lot of my experiences I guess had been easier by taking his advice from you know again like from pieces of letters and manuscripts that i found after his death it's weird man that sometimes mm-hmm. it starts to permeate into your life and it starts to permeate in every way and you don't know why until you know why <laughs>
1: yeah. well and you know one thing that all three of us have in common is we've all had an experience with something in the sky we all saw something yeah. that we, we 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 didn't wrap our heads around i mean me being you know, growing up that way. I mean, I, my whole life, I'm like, where are you know, where is it? I want to see it. My dad all, you know, where where is it? Whatever. And I took my daughter, my two, you know, my two year old daughter, to tell me to lay down and look up, lay down, look up, dad. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And I look up, and there's this white orb above above the house, and I'm like, this is insane. She's like, yeah, it's there. You know, like no big deal. And then my ten year old daughter comes out, and she's like, look over there, and there's another one. <laughs> it's like these kids you know they see it and they're like, whatever they're tuned into it but you know and I saw Orange Orbs with my wife before that you know
0: you know um, I think I think it's just because they haven't been here for as long as us man I think kids just haven't been in the dream for as long as we have they've they they've they're not fooled you know and that's yeah, as easily yeah. by it because we you know after after years and years and years of normal physical reality linear time and jobs and taxes you start going yeah life's a boring piece of shit and there's no <laughs> magic there's no magic in it it's all just you know it's books and fairy tales but no like there is genuine magic you're just not looking at it but
2: yeah. that's 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 where the magic is in the magic like, yeah, you know, yeah yeah like, the fact that a lot of times happens when you're miserable when life is just- <laughs> Life is just brown envelopes with bills incoming through your door and all the crap that you have to go through. Like, you know, like you hear it all the time and it, and it strikes a chord with me, like, that this stuff gets amplified through pain, through um, turmoil. And again, like, you know, as a, on an individual level, it happens. Now I take it to a global level and mm-hmm. see what happens. And that, you know, prompts awakening.
1: Yeah, do so yeah. you think it perhaps awakening in in a way to spin us back to the positive? Yeah, like so,
2: yeah. it's almost like because for me, what it did, like <laughs> it feels weird talking about this, but like it feels you know, and it's but it's
0: cool. Like it, you look behind you then as if someone was going to come in and kill you. Yeah,
1: no doubt. <laughs> no, no,
2: you're
1: my
3: wife, my like, <laughs>
0: wife. Yeah, that's why I'm always looking. You so standing can, here with a
1: frying pan, just ready to get. I must
2: have been a nightmare for her because when I went through like kind of when it started again for me when I started to I don't know get into the woo mm-hmm. experience the woo like the crazy stuff like I thought I was mad like I thought I was going insane and it took me a long time to reconcile the fact that it kind of wasn't so, certain things that I could like kind of well the fact that the actual visual sightings uh, had either been caught on film or were with other people so that made it easier, but like, but the, the other stuff like that, the sort of the psychic stuff, I guess, that was, and not that I'm saying I am, and I'm, it's not like that, but certain things that happened, they happened off the back of um, pain, you know, like, you know, turmoil. And it's, it's, it's very real. And as time goes by, like, you know, like, and, you know, I reconcile what happened with me in terms of, I guess, my psyche and stuff. I've become like a lot more um confident in myself. I've become spiritual, like to a degree. Well, I have, man, I, I well, absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I've woken up and I've remembered what it was like to feel as a kid, like wonder. Mm-hmm. And
0: just I don't know, sense. it just
2: gave me back, man. It gave me something
0: back. Everything you're saying, I, I, I resonate with, I feel the exact same, Um, you know. It, I just wanted to echo that because I, everything that I'm doing came from a, a massive depression in my life. Like everything um, that I'm doing right now that I'm interested in and the, the spiritual growth that I feel like I've had, the personal growth, the growth in confidence um, it's, it all stemmed from a major depression, depressive point in my life um, where I was looking for answers and didn't have any and was slowly given them over a strange windy course of synchronicities and, you have to pay attention. I, you know, I'm sure that there was loads of signs I missed throughout the time that I was asking for. You know, the universe to help out, and it definitely did. There are such there are such solid signs in my life of over the past couple of years of like, oh right, yeah, that that feels like such a direct <clears throat> um, like attraction of what I wanted, but. I'm sure that there was so many I missed. I feel like there's there's always signs popping up and it's just whether or not you are, you know, you gain that intuition to pay attention to it in your life. And you're right. I think depressive events do lead these things. And I think the only reason or one of the reasons why depressions lead into this is because it's the only way it can lead. You know, it's <laughs> up, up <laughs> down, yin, yang. You know, once you've been in a depression, it's time to come back up again. So whatever that's going to be, it's going to be something. You've got, I think that's a, a good takeaway for people is that if you're you know if you're having a, a turbulent situation it, it is going to lead to something else nothing goes downhill forever nothing goes uphill forever life is full of up and down for the reason That's that not... it crafts experience it just makes you
2: makes you stronger It does. yes yeah
0: it does you know life's hard man life's a bitch but but it's it's also something that can give you such profound you know love and, and you can you can experience the ability to be someone that you want to be and to you know live the life that you feel that you should be living and treat people the way you should treat them but you have to get through a very kind of I don't know you have to go through a lot of learning to to get to that point and all of us are still trying to get to that point you know I could I could probably name a dozen things off the top of my head over the past week where I I shouldn't have thought that way or I shouldn't have done that or this you know so we're all still growing as people but it just seems to be that life is is about ups and downs is you, if you remove all of the downs then then all there is is up and then you don't even know you're going up because all there is is up so it's just Uh-oh. nothing then it's just blank so you have to have it <laughs> <laughs>
1: what did, what does Jacques Vallée say about um the control mechanism or they're, or they're here to teach us I can't remember one of the things I think he said during Rogan but he said it multiple times is that it's, it's I don't know if it's a control mechanism or it's a You know, they're teaching us something. I think that's kind of one of his messages. Right. It's like he said
0: said something along the lines of that this phenomenon could be looked at as an omnipresent um, energy that has the ability to focalize itself in an array of different ways in order to teach us something.
2: Well, I can't believe you remembered
0: that. <laughs> well, there it is. Thank you,
1: Jim. Might be
2: something like, it
1: might, but it might be something like this. <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> Drop the mic. That like, is close, close to a direct quote. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. No, man. Yeah, no, I, and, and I think it is like Tim Tim McMillan said something weird um, a few weeks ago or something like, that it was something to do with the Roswell crash, and I thought that, and it's still kind of profound when I think about it. He was, he said that um, perceptions uh, change. Yeah, he said that whatever the craft was, or whatever the thing they had, they were sitting in a hangar. Like I would look at it, and it was a disc. But you would look at it, it was a teardrop. Or you looked at it, it was a it was a basketball. You know, and it's like it's whatever you need it to be is and what yet, it is
0: and yet still a physical structure still has some form of engineering to it does you know like is this a, this is where it gets almost into what i would call and you know some people would hate this but i would call it like almost soul technology or spirit technology where you've got yeah. this strange metaphysical structure that can change and shift into all sorts of different things and essentially you know Collapse and expand its wave function capabilities by turning solid and then turning into something else, and and you got to wonder alchemy. what the hell what is going on there.
2: Transmutation of like everything, yeah, like, yeah.
1: It's like alchemy to the top, to the to yeah. Universal alchemy, like universal, universal alchemy? Universal alchemy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and like you know, we've always even from the Secret Machines books and some of the other things, and even some of the. Um, you know, whatever, anything is just that, you know, there's no, to to pilot, the craft or whatever, the craft is a living entity. The craft is part of consciousness. I mean, you need to be connected to consciousness. Um, and I, and I I remember going back, you know, I geeked out that, you know, the F 35, you ever seen the helmets on an F 35 airplane is they're like $400,000 or $500,000 because they have electrodes all the way through the top of the helmet that they connect to the, to the pilot. And the pilot, when the pilot gets amped up and, you know, you your emotions and you're just getting excited, it, it can increase the throttle of the, of the airplane. It, it, you can, you know, when you, when you get scared or you, whatever, you pull back, it'll drop the throttle. I mean, it has all these things. And it's really classified. I've only seen a couple of things about it. But, I mean, if you think about that, I mean, you're basically one with this multi-billion-dollar well, I mean, aircraft, if you, right?
0: If, if you think about it, you know, we've all got this electromagnetic signature around our bodies. Each one of us has. And, and you know, this is what I, I believe. This is what the spiritual people would call an aura and mm-hmm. it is literally your electromagnetic field around your body and i guess the people who see auras can literally just have the ability slightly more sensitive ability to see the actual uh you know coronal discharge around you from your own electromagnetic field but this this electromagnetic field is like a signature it's like a it's like a hand like a fingerprint you know mm-hmm. and so perhaps and, and there have been people that have said this and made these claims but perhaps there is some reality to some of these crafts are essentially matched to the person or the being's individual electromagnetic signature. And so you can't even pilot it unless you're that being. And so it very much is like the craft becomes you because without your actual energy without your either emf or your aura whichever way you want to do it you know physics or metaphysics it's both the same stuff at the end of the day it's just one's more controversial than the other mm-hmm. um you know that that could essentially be what's going on there is you're just matching the signature of someone's uh, you know electricity to the to the craft
1: yeah, Jean Luc, you posted the other day, and I saw the same exact time that you posted it, where the the researcher just came out that they saw that birds. It was like the visual of what birds can see when they were magnetically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They could see the magnetic. Um,
2: they're essentially seeing exactly this, aren't they?
1: Like, yeah, yeah, they're seeing like so for yeah. migration and things. They could see the magnetic, you know. Well, this this, resonance. this takes
2: like into like, like you know like a you know the old stuff for the Tesla stuff and the idea Mm, of there's this power source in the ether, or the ether is the power source. And, you know, in Vril and all that stuff, like, you know, in terms of this world and, like, the mythology or maybe some of it's real history behind it, like, um, that idea of the aura, whether it's an electromagnetic frequency or whatever it may be, it's real, it's there, and some people have tapped into it and like you know it's it, I don't know it's crazy it's it's almost strange that not more has been done or we haven't got further with it because
0: well maybe we have in uh secret uh, yeah yeah no I'm yeah. sure
1: oh I'm positive we ha- I'm totally well, positive as soon as I have. turn the camera off yeah. I'll
2: levitate outside
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you just see him become a merkaba of light and just <laughs> launch out of the window <laughs> my, my goodness, goodness. Tell, tell me, me your secrets
2: a man will arrive <laughs>
1: No, I mean, one of the things that I, one of the things that I always thought about too, I mean, and then after becoming a Mason and like learning the things and just, you know, doing the research and like kind of looking at it from a different light was that, and I think the reason, well, one of the reasons to keep everything a secret is not to just put it out there, but I think that at a higher, higher level, I think the institutions of the world pretty much try to keep our innate abilities a secret from us. Totally like, uh, you know, like come to me, I'm the priest guy or whatever and I can, yeah, Turn, turn this water into wine or, you know, whatever. But you can't.
0: Yeah, you as an individual person are not capable. You need some sort of third party, um, yeah, which is just, uh, which is bullshit. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, like the, the, why would you want 8 billion, like, psychically, can, you know, can do yeah, anything then, that we yeah. could possibly do on the planet? You're we're in control. It would just be 100%. You know. I reckon, it,
2: you know, the reality of it is, is, if everybody woke up to that fact, and if everyone suddenly realized that, we're all actually part of the same thing we actually are all the same thing you know in this weird whatever it is simulation reality that we live in i don't know what it is but the monad again this idea that we are all one thing mm-hmm. everyone actually realized that then you'd never really want to hurt anybody
1: would you no <laughs> never you you'd be hurting yourself like, <laughs> literally you'd be hurting yourself yeah
2: you're constantly hurting yourself it's like you know, I, I don't really understand how people can't get behind that message. It's such a good message. Well, the thing <laughs> is, I
1: mean, Chris a- Bledsoe had it. I'm sorry, but Chris, it goes back to Bledsoe. He had that thing too when he had all these experiences. He was like a world record, not world record, but state record. He shot like the biggest bear in his state. He did all this stuff. And now he's like, I can't even squish a, a spider. He's like, I can't do like I have to pick up bugs and take them outside. Like yeah. I, I don't do that anymore, you know. And a lot of people, when they have those experiences, they're just like, I can't.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm I'm pretty similar in <clears throat> in that regard. As like I I I can't. I mean, I wasn't a hunter, but I just I've noticed over the past couple of years a a, a serious change in how I feel about you know other life, especially plants. Like I've got way more plants growing in my room now than i had before i just like the idea of helping something grow Mm -hmm. and that was just not a thought that came into my mind before this so uh it definitely it precipitates a certain amount of uh i don't know just uh yeah like a, a certain openness and empathy that uh, you have for other things because you realize that at some Switched level you on. are you are that thing but one thing i wanted to say is it's still bloody hard because you're human you know i mean i you know i i i know that at least you know my my genuine knowing for me personally is we're one energy right mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I don't want to slap someone in the face sometimes. Like I, you know, I still, I still, I still I, I struggle with the the reptilian monkey mind that's going on in my brain. So it's it's difficult, and I think that it would be amazing to have uh, you know humanity on a whole embrace this but i think it's going to take a bit more than just the just the realization because if i'm going from my perspective i i know this stuff's true but i still mess up it hasn't turned me into a saint and it hasn't i'm sure turned any of you guys into saints you know we all mess up and so it's a it's a progression of learning but um i have a good feeling that there are certain things that seem to be creeping back in and as controversial as it may be for some people the resurgence of uh, research into psychedelics mm-hmm. and natural uh, holistic plant medicines i think is actually a really important development and um, especially when it comes to understanding consciousness to the levels of the mysterious elements of consciousness mm-hmm. and i think that that coupled with quantum mechanics quantum physics simulations quantum computing a lot of quantum there but like like you know all of these different emerging technologies and ways of projecting uh, uh, simulations in computers, coupled with these very novel ways of approaching consciousness through psychedelic research, I think it could lead us into this realization that from a scientific level, because it's kind of like we've had religion, science is the new religion, and it really is the new religion, hypothesis is the new faith. And, um, you know, you need these new people to explain it in the language that we use. So we need the scientists to go, right, universal consciousness is real, but here's the science behind it, you know, Mm -hmm. until that point, I don't know if the Western world at least is going to embrace this. Do you know some
2: of the first time a scientist comes out and says, I mean, I believe that that is the case. And it sounds like you do, Jay and John. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 No, I'm right there with you. Yeah.
2: What it, what it, what it does is if somebody actually came out and said that this is the case, we have fundamentally found the answer. To this. this is this is the answer. It's all one consciousness. It flows. You know, your physical body dies, but you. you, end, you, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the the the, the, the myth of death is gone. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so and like, the fear yeah, of it. Yeah. And the fear of it. Well, you, know, you might still be. You might be attached to your right. right, right yeah. Existence, but at the same time, like. I don't know this, and this is kind of where I go. It's funny you talk about psychedelics and so on, but like the idea that if that mimics other levels of reality, if you can actually journey and experience and live without a physical body, is you know this this these are the realities of things. But if death suddenly becomes something that's not even a thing, and all the suffering, and all the pain, and all the fear suddenly disappears, and all you and you accept that all you're doing is experiencing reality as it mass something with mass and that that's part of a process that you have to go through like I, you know this is me just my personal thoughts like all of a sudden it changes everything yeah it changes totally. everything we think of ourselves as being and like you and I, I personally like i've gone down this route where sorry i'm proper monologuing but no but no no,
1: like, no 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 man go go
2: like you know this idea and, and I, I really like um that uh, it's that bent off stuff the the guy who did the, the gateway project stuff and when he talked about that we're essentially this energy, I guess this electromagnetic frequency, maybe, or whatever it is we are. That and this one consciousness, these energy forces that join together, driving little meat cars like we're literally just a, a pretty cool but crude robot vehicle yeah, to experience much. a reality and experience ourselves amongst each other as different individuals, but really just as one thing. you know that's the internet as well like going back to that concept of the internet you put these little drones out of one thing and say experience it in different ways Mm -hmm. give me every single variable i want to know learn 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 that consciousness suddenly starts to grow and that's
0: almost almost as if that is the purpose of his existence i'm gonna take i'm gonna borrow again from terence mckenna when he had his whole theory of hyper complexity or hyper novelty which is you know that the universe's like modus operandi is to literally just get more and more complex and that humans are just the latest development in that complexity and that there is a singularity that we're heading towards and you know to be honest like it it does kind of echo into what you're saying, and I've I've totally forgotten what my point was with this, and that's really annoyed me because I'm now gonna ramble, so I'm no. gonna shut up. No, that's no. so
1: annoying. No, 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 no. I, I you know one so to get into the weird part of this thing, you know, and I don't, I don't know where I saw it, but obviously it was probably Twitter somewhere. It's like if DMT, you know, is the pinnacle of this, and get into there, and and everybody has you know everybody that has psychedelics. You know, eventually sees the machine elves and everybody describes them exactly the same, even though you you can not experience the same thing that I am, but you can experience these machine elves, right? These things. Okay. So that was one of the things. So I thought I heard somewhere that's like, well, what if there's like a hundred guys in, in the U.S. military that are just hooked up intravenously to DMT? Like all day. That's what they do yeah and then they just
0: pull them out of it and everybody's like yeah this is what's going on (laughs) They just maybe i mean you know you've got imperial college london now looking to do exactly that which is to intravenously map the dmt realm through clinical trials through through yeah basically keeping people on drip so i mean you know if if if, uh, academic institutions are now looking at doing this you've probably got to imagine that the military's already done it probably forty years ago right yeah it it
2: might have been in jim mars or i can't remember which one but it it was about uh, our, our remote viewers mm-hmm. trying to access military compounds and bases oh, yeah. places it shouldn't be so they're out there in their i don't know what a remote viewing terminology would be but the astral i guess mm-hmm. they're traveling without moving they're transcendentally traveling and they're seeing stuff but then they're being approached by beings in the astral saying get the fuck away yeah yeah they were literally like you know again it's stories but cool stories Yeah, there's a few stories like
1: that.
0: There's a few stories like that.
2: The idea that there's people that are put into induced states of uh, the right state in terms of like, like Gateway, where you're literally there constantly in this alpha state. Um, And yeah, like taking people on, warning them off, you can't come here. You know, and the idea of, well, like a psychic attack, like people like, you know, so many people now talk about remote viewing and going out there and practicing remote viewing. Mm Mm-hmm. And the idea of that opening yourself up and meeting other people, and if you accept that that is actually a reality, and you take away the fact that remote viewing is not just looking at something, that other people might be able to see you too. It becomes quite a different thing. Yeah. And like, um, you know, you open, you, know, you read stories about remote viewers opening themselves up to entities and to bad forces and.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I think it's fair to say, at least not from anyone that I've met, none of us are masters of this stuff and so if there are any people or beings or energies or anything out there that is in some way a you know master of this then yeah you you know you are you are you are swimming out into a big old ocean and there could be stuff out there that could control you could manipulate you could get into your mind i don't know i like you know the, the more i've opened myself up to the the fact that consciousness does seem to be this extremely vast, probably infinite experience field, like that's how I see it myself in the physical universe and and it's all just basically been manifested through this this conscious energy, it, it, at the end of the day, it could literally be anything's possible. It could be that anything's possible in some thread of reality. You know, we're just on this mm-hmm. tiny little thread of what we think is normal. But let's be honest, if we grew up in a reality where the sky was pink and the ocean was, you know, multicolored, and we wouldn't question that because that's all that we've known. So this to us is normal. But that does not mean that, you know, the, I, I really do believe that we're just on a little thread and that there's so many other different realms right. of reality, maybe some of them have the ability to pierce into this one and that's what we call the phenomenon. You know, I don't know. But um Stephanie, not just this. <laughs> no.
2: If anybody does have the answers, please write in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Comment below, please.
1: Links are nice. Yeah, please, please. Oh, I'm loving I'm loving this by the way, guys. I'm really enjoying this conversation. It's it's it, us me too man thank you guys well it's honestly. quite nice not to be the one interviewing people <laughs> <laughs> you do you do a great job though man i really dig your oh, stuff man you. honestly thank man ever uh, since uh, you know i saw you coming out and i was like man this guy he gets it man and i think you come from a place that's just pure man and and you know thank you i, mean, I don't i don't feel like you got an agenda i don't feel like you're doing uh, anything that's um you know completely pointing to one direction i think you just feel what's right and you just go with it man and and that's why really? i really appreciate about you Thank you. I totally Thank
2: agree. And you know, if anybody uh, watching, like, because you know, I've met Jay a number of times, like, um, he's a totally, like, you know, what you see is what you get. There's nothing more to Jay. So everything that you hear him say it's real. Okay. Like, he's someone to listen to. He's a cool dude. Both of you and John.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you both are awesome. <laughs> you both are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, we'll, have man. To, we'll have to get you over the waters at some point, John. When we yeah, can.
1: yeah, my wife's always been like, "Let's go to England, let's go to England." I'm like, "Okay, uh, all right." But now that I will, because you guys are there. But I, you know, yeah, before yeah, then, I on. was like, oh, I don't
3: know. We've got. <laughs> yeah. know, she's like, why don't you, like, I she want me to go I to Poland? I can't bring like, my
1: gun. Yeah, no, yeah, right. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. our COVID's much
2: more contagious. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: well, you guys come over here then. Our COVID's less contagious. Come yeah, over yeah, here. It's not, it's not as bad.
2: Yeah, we'll come to you. Come on. Yeah. yeah. If I'll you guys tell. ever
1: want to come over here, man, you're more than welcome. We can. I'll, I'll give you each a gun. You can go outside, and do whatever you <laughs> hey, want. Man, I'm not against that. I'd love. To, I'd love to go to
0: the firing range, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's,
1: it's such a different. It's it's weird that we all live in the same world, but yeah. it's so different. You know. So totally, totally different. Like you were saying, like we, uh, you could grow up in sky's pink. You know, who knows? Yeah. I read something um, that up until I can't remember what year it was, there that the color blue wasn't a thing because there was no yeah, word for yeah, the color yeah. blue so
0: tim mcmillan tim mcmillan mentioned that in my interview with him actually he was he brought up that fact
1: i think that's yeah that's right yeah i think yeah yeah. yeah. and i was like (laughs) that's
0: just bizarre when you think about it you know and that's not that long ago i remember in that interview i said something as a joke and it didn't sound like it came across as a joke and now i'm listening back on it i'm like oh man i sound so dumb because he's saying (laughs) he's saying like oh there wasn't any evidence of like you know like in literature of the sky being blue and i said like oh i wonder what color the sky was back then and i said it in a joke (laughs) he But
1: But he came back with an answer. He was like, "Oh, it was like a brown or
0: something." (laughs) This is kind of like, well, obviously it was the same color, mate. It just wasn't. It just wasn't (laughs) called that. But oh man, I listened back and I was like, "You sound so
2: stupid, no, (laughs)
3: dude." Man,
1: no. We're like you're saying. We're all here to learn and like help each other. And and totally, man. It's 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 been an awesome awesome ride. And honestly, if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have Definitely, had the time. I wouldn't have yeah. done it. You know. Um. Definitely I think that went the time. Yeah. I think with with um TTSa and then all that stuff coming out and then, you know, the Bledsoe thing and 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 all that. I just think that that was that was it's time. I think there's, it's 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 gonna happen uh, sooner than we think. I Wait, think there's. You... Go ahead, man. I'm sorry.
0: No, sorry, man. No, you. I'll cut you off then.
1: Oh no. I mean, I, my dad. I mean, I always go back to my dad because he's you know he like he's eighty he's eighty one now. But you know his whole life you know he's he's seen this stuff and. He, he always told me back in the day, he was like, yeah, there's just like E.T., like uh, any of these stuff you see on in, in, um, Close Encounters, you know, all the Spielberg stuff. He's like, there's been a, a slow trying to, you know, get everybody used to the fact that we're not alone, that this is a thing. Oh, He's like, I
0: wish I had someone like that when I was growing
1: up. So, like, every time I would see something like that, I was like, yeah, they're just trying to just sprinkle these breadcrumbs. They're just trying to, like, slowly get into your subconscious of society. Like, this is just normal. Like, don't, don't freak out. This is just yeah. a thing, you know? And, like... I almost wonder now, like with dark, like you guys are talking about that. And then like, there's a billion other TV shows now and it's like on the travel channel, there's a UFO show or in paranormal and like every single thing, there's something out there. And I wonder if somebody is sitting up there with the money or the power, it could be I don't even, you know, maybe the invisible college, maybe somebody at that level is just going,
2: what about, what about the idea like Jay posted something the other day about, um, the,
0: Ah, oh, I can't. Erzan
2: Muzovac, I can't remember his name. Oh my god! Don't, don't make me. President that. of
0: a very small country. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting it up on Twitter now. Hang on. Keep talking. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, uh, also, president of the Chess Federation of. Oh, like, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. But saying that he actually had been
1: under UFO. Alien. Not abducted yeah. as
2: such, but they arrived in his bedroom in yellow spacesuits. And uh, I can't believe I didn't see this. I didn't go on Twitter for a couple of days. When I came out, I was like, this is a really cool story. But, like, yeah, yeah so taking uh... into space. And, and this guy's the president of a country. He's also the only Buddhist nation in
0: yeah. the Russian um, Empire. Yeah, yeah, he was, so yeah, N- I can't pronounce his name, but it's like Ner- Nersen, uh Nikolaevich. Ilyamzinov, I've definitely messed up the third name. Um, He's a a Russian businessman and politician. He was the president of the Republic of Kalimkia. I've never heard of Kalimkia. In the Russian Federation from 1933 to 2010, and then was president of the FIDE, which is like a chess, like an international chess body. Mm-hmm, so he's like yeah. a really, uh, he's quite eccentric, but he's like a very wealthy and successful Russian businessman and uh, former, you know, president. And yeah, he he had he's went on record a few times, apparently, including on a on a TV show where he spoke quite openly about having these experiences. So there's a few people like that. Yeah, it's yeah. just
1: like the one thing that I always hear that, and I'm thinking, okay, like somebody from Japan too was the J- Japanese mm. prime minister yeah, who's, yeah, and his wife, I think, was saying that they went on a UFO and they were, you know, she was taken all over the place yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. There's and people saying this,
2: there's, there's people saying it, they've been saying it for years, man, like they've actually had visitations and stuff. And, you know, and a lot of the time, and people like, you, you, for example, uh, that the chess fella, um, he said, I did this. I went to space. They took me on a trip. I was I was really worried because I had to be back for a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's what you're going to worry about. Like, man, I got yeah, a meeting. It. They said that they put him at such easy. He Classic goes like businessman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, this, this could be a potential <laughs> deal. Yeah, I have got to Well, they flew him around wherever, solar system, or I don't know, space, and then brought him back. And um, he came back and he said chess was invented by aliens because it's like a, the perfect strategic game the amount of code that's in it like the potential for messaging and symbology through it you know back to masonry with the the black and white chess checkerboard uh the number of squares well, you, you look it up man it's all there yeah, yeah but like yeah, um yeah. it gets interesting and that's coming from a, a buddhist a russian state buddhist premier
1: okay. <laughs> what like well yeah i love it too but one of the things and i don't i don't i don't know i just i there's people that are completely divided about Stephen greer too people say he's completely lunatic and other people are like all right spot on and that's just another one of those kind of division things but one of the things that he said that i kind of and you know melinda leslie has talked about my labs and stuff like that too and other people have talked about my labs but um, you know, like basically getting people from other countries or, you know, like being able to uh, spoof uh, an alien experience, an abduction experience, you know. And I yeah. wonder, I wonder if, I mean, maybe this guy, maybe not, maybe for other reasons, I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying in my mind, I'm always trying to think of the other side of that. Like maybe the guy really did get in there and maybe he really did get on some, you know, some aliens took him or whatever. But maybe it was just somebody in one of these, the top echelon or whatever these, these control people are, was just like going to pull this this on them and make them have this experience right
2: well i mean but that, that's the, the the other side of it that, that, that most of these experiences that that we may have had or the people out there may have had by all accounts they can be created like they can you know like mm-hmm. the idea of you know like there's is it nick Redfern who writes a little bit about um the Bentwater stuff you know um mm-hmm. what's it called rendlesham yeah right and so he's come out recently and said that his belief now on that is that the whole thing was a psychedelics holograms like it was a test it was like see how pliable what how much you can make people believe based on the right combination of factors you know it's like an illusion
1: you've um, heard
0: of project blue beam right
1: yeah yeah so absolutely I, I heard from i don't know where but that the first Iraq war or the second Iraq war that the U S or one of our allies <laughs> projected giant scorpions in front of them. There was like a battalion of Iraqis or somebody or, you know, insurgents and they just giant scorpions just boom in front of them. And these guys dropped their shit and ran. I've yeah. read another thing. They kind of used it to where they had, um, it appeared to somebody who as um, as It like the, the, and it was like, <laughs> You're going to drop all your stuff. You're going to tell us where everybody is, and this is going to be it. And
0: these guys just came out and gave
1: up. I don't know if that's true or
0: not. Well, Ooh. this is um, something that Holden mentioned to me in actually quite a recent conversation because we were talking about the idea of Project Bluebeam, and and he he'd said that he was briefed um, he was briefed in on a program that basically can create any sort of visual manifestation hologram uh, of anything. You know, he he said that the technology is exquisite behind being able to project what looks like a solid state object when it's just light phenomena
2: yeah and also i mean i mean the fact that they're doing that right Um, and recently it's starting to become um commercial too so you can start buying this stuff but um channel sound so Mm -hmm. not in terms of a weapon but actually in terms of only you can hear it Mm -hmm. without any kind
1: of source yeah so, i saw that that came out it was a thing it was like directed you know directed to you yeah, you don't need to have headphones you can just direct it to your head and i'm thinking yeah man. so somebody presents <laughs> to you a
2: light. it doesn't make me wonder i mean like the, the only you know the only experience that i personally have like that is like you know without going fully into it like there there has been certain things that, where I've, that I've kind of just gone jesus was that actually projected into my head yeah. mm-hmm. that sounds insane to say no like but- during during meditation or whatever or like you're picking, or you're picking up on a frequency that's being broadcast. Do
0: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like the, yeah. I'm almost afraid to say this because it'll make me sound like I'm insane. But I'm pretty sure you can tell I'm not completely insane by now. So I, <laughs> I like, you know, um, like sometimes when I'm when I'm drifting off to sleep, and obviously it could quite easily just be you drifting off to sleep. Um, but I'll get a voice in my head, or but it will be like it. it, it, it it will sound almost like i've tuned into a radio station for a second just for a second and it slips out and i can i can never retain it for long but it will be different like a female voice or someone completely different to me but Mm -hmm. i'll just be lying there and it'll just kind of be like something will come in and it'll go and i'll be like that didn't sound like it was my brain like that felt like i just picked it up and it came into my head so sometimes you know maybe it's just transmitter receiver type thing going on you know I, yeah. yeah, and then and
2: so then all of a sudden, so maybe we're all just broken receivers, or we've all had the the
0: aerial snapped. It's slightly rusty, at least.
2: Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like you get a jolt. Yeah, emotional turmoil, and it fixes your radio for a minute. Yeah. but you haven't ever experienced any of these incredible channels and you freak out
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, but it's
2: kind of scary man well it's all of us fun. have a lot a
1: lot in common i mean like j i think you used to dj i dj i did yeah yeah, yeah. um i mean i play I guitar you did you did too oh, nice we all dj <laughs> that's so cool we should do a back-to-back we should man we should just just mix into <laughs> each
0: other for a whole set
2: sort
0: of music? uh i did like old school hip-hop yeah, <laughs> Did you? That's the. Oh right, I'm I'm the only like electro house head here, but I'm I'm a hip hop head at heart. There you
1: go, just bring it in. But like you know, just just thinking of beats and beat matching and just putting it together and stuff like that. I mean, I play guitar. There's drums behind you. Yeah, I'm 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 a a guitarist since seven years old. See, I suck at guitar, but I know how to play it. But (laughs) you know, like I mean, we all like all of us have like yeah, look at that. He's got one right behind you. But yeah, like so, all of us have like that, and I've always read that you know people that have that kind of talent or you know music or you know one of those different things a part of our brain is wired differently
0: and i don't know if that's Uh, provable or not but i think dude in all honesty you know i think that there is something to say about the whole idea of the like intuitive creative side of the human brain and you know if you've got at least from my perspective if you've got a good left right brain symbiosis going on Mm -hmm at least from the way i see it that seems to be a good way to ground yourself because i would consider myself to be a creative open-minded person but i'm also analytical and i do like data and i do like to have um you know concise understandings of things so i i like to see myself in the middle and i think that that makes at least to some extent me a good translator if i do understand something from a spiritual perspective <clears throat> i try and and i've heard this from my own you know people commenting so i'm I'm only saying this because this is what other people have said to me, but um, that I've I'm, I'm able to use logic to kind of translate things that would normally be a bit ethereal or effect, you know hard yeah. to understand. And so I think that there's a really important element of being able to connect to the open wider sense of consciousness. But if you're going to be someone that wants to explain this stuff you also need to be able to ground yourself in a sense of logic because and i'll be the first to say it <clears throat> i'm like i'm a total hippie but i get really really stressed and frustrated with people that are just completely airy fairy kind of like yeah you know everything's you know it's all just mm-hmm. vibration and energy it's like yeah that's great but i want to be able to explain that to other yeah, people yeah. that don't understand or believe in hippy dippy bullshit you know right, right? no totally because there, there are different ways to express this it's all the same thing but it's just a different way to express it so i think that yeah just to get back to the the, the initial point on this, I do think that cre- creative, intuitive sides of of the human mind can lead to you linking with the phenomenon, and and because because you're just more open to more, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. What
2: I mean, it's funny what you're explaining there. Like, I mean, in terms of the fact that, um, you know, so you say you want to you want to take this message and you've got a, a skill to package it and present it to people in a certain way, yeah, to make something that's not yeah. tangible tangible to the people, right, meet. right like um and i'm guessing that's the reason that you know if that's the message that's the way you work it's kind of like ttsa innit, man. like you've got your hippie side which is the books yeah and then you've got your delivering the message to the
0: the government side yeah dance. You're, no, right, so. you're right actually chosen you, me, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> no actually i i can totally see what you're saying because i you know for me and it's it's something that's frustrating is i do have a very open mind and that there are things that you know i wouldn't say as fact but i do believe and i i try and tread a careful line because i don't want there to be more um you know bs in the community i I, mm-hmm. I i don't want to be just throwing out some random idea but i do have some very in, in, incredible experiences that could have only been brought on by what i've been talking about and so you know yeah i want to i want to try and find the best way to to have that conversation without Making people feel like I'm just some crazy Fruit Loop, you know, because I, I resent that. I'm not a crazy Fruit Loop. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody thinks you are, man. I think. Oh, it's... Well, I appreciate that, but yeah. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. Think
1: yeah. anybody thinking that
0: way? Right? Like, no, um... no, I just mean like outside of the community, you know. I mean, I mean for all of us in general, outside of the the confines of this fringe community, I want us all to be taken seriously. I don't want people oh, yeah. to just make that assumption. So I guess for me, it's important that I. I have my own beliefs and I have my own way of seeing this, but I also try and 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 make sure I I present information as sensibly as possible and don't let any bias come in like as much as I can, you know, because we we all have bias, but I try and I try and keep it as objective as possible. Yeah, suppose, yeah.
2: as an interviewer, I suppose you have got to. Be, yeah, well. that's
0: what I mean. As an interviewer, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, but it's fair. I mean, that's why it's nice to have you on talking now because. Yeah, dude you're showing yourself as you as opposed to project you know you you're J as opposed to project you know, if,
0: if you know what i mean
2: yeah yeah man.
0: i'm more than just a platform <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, we all yeah man no no and it, and i think it's cool that, that whoever however holden did you ever ask that holden how he found you or why or did you ever ask him dude why are you um, doing this with me so
0: yeah uh he he said that he was looking through a lots of different channels on on YouTube and on the internet, just trying to find people that were doing something that he was impressed with and quite simply landed on my channel and listened to some videos. And, and from there, I mean, he's, you know, he's been honest with me and said that he, and you know, again, this is like, this is like the, uh was it like british modesty come in and i don't want to like toot my own horn but like it's it's he's he said that he saw leadership um qualities in me and that i was someone that he didn't feel like i i had an agenda he didn't feel like i was trying to push my own personal belief one of the first things he really wanted to know was my religious background and kind of how i my views on the world because he wanted to see if i had any you know internal biases towards stuff and Mm. um wanted to make sure he was interacting with someone who, I mean, there's a few reasons. I mean, one, one thing was that I'm a younger guy with a clean slate. Essentially. I, he he said, I've come into this. I'm willing to learn. I'm not saying this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely trying to understand it. And so he wanted to work with someone that didn't that he didn't have to put in groundwork of breaking down some sort of already created agenda about what the phenomenon is. So I, I guess, yeah, he, he seems to have seen in me someone that is doing something for the right reasons, and for whatever reason, he feels like I'm worth interacting with. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. I mean, I, that's
1: I, that's exactly what I told you earlier. How I thought that you were just a straight-up dude. You just thanks, man. man. Yeah, dude. can I ask you a question. Same to, to you. you right? Yeah, man.
2: So that so that's it's a cool contact, and then especially like being borne out by the fact that. um scott Walter's now been contacted too by the same guy and it's all yeah. coming out um do you think right because i remember you know out of chris mellon's 22 followers you're one of them yeah you know, he follows oh sorry followees he, he follows you right so out of all of the array of podcasts and people interviewing about this topic why are you and also do you think he knows Holden? Or do you think he knows do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Well the truth is that I am actually an intergalactic spy. And <laughs> no, um, I don't I don't I don't know. I, I I think that he well he's he's made me aware that he's connected to those people in some way and has communicated with TTSA staff members, so I think that there's probably a likelihood that he Knows or could at least communicate with people like Chris. I was as surprised as as you and anyone else that knows about it to to see Christopher Mellon follow me on on Twitter because, like you said, he doesn't follow like anyone else. He he follows <laughs> Tim McMillan. <laughs> And, uh, and that's kind of it. And, and I was just like, like,
1: Lou. <laughs> yeah,
0: like Lou and Tim and then yeah. like the veterans society for the United States and things yeah. like that. And yeah. so it was weird to see me on there and I have tried to reach out to Chris and I've tried to get, um, you know, I've, I've, I've DM'd him, but he hasn't mm-hmm. seen it. And so I'm not going to keep spamming him or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I'd, I'd love, I'd love to get him on for the, for a conversation at some point. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm as intrigued as, as everyone else who's wondering, you know, why is he <laughs> following me? Because I, I'd love to know what the specific reason is if there was anything, maybe it was when I got the interview with Ralph and Leslie, obviously like that kind of came out of nowhere and mm-hmm. came out of nowhere for me as well. Um, for this kind of, you know, really little channel to get the first interview for these, this, this new story in the New York times. That, I'm guessing that must've caught his attention because he was interacting with Leslie Cate and Ralph Blumenthal and, you know, getting mm-hmm. that story out. So, um, I'm gonna assume the interest came from that, but I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> nah. Well, I was really shocked when when Lou Elizondo answered like six
1: of my questions, like nice, yeah, earlier yeah. earlier in the year. I was like, I'm just asking, 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 and and he was just just coming back and answering me, man. And I was like, wow, this That's is dope. yeah, that was pretty cool. And one of the things that just keeps sticking out to me that he said was, you know, my one question to him was like, if if t- if everything if disclosure happens tomorrow. What's TTSA's mission? How does it change? And he said, you know, we always got to, I'm paraphrasing, I'll, I'll pull it up. But basically he said that, um, you know, we, we got to um, change, you know, as everything else changes. And Mother Nature has a lot of clues yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah,
0: That's interesting, isn't it?
1: And I was like, and, and she she holds a lot of clues for us. And, you know, we need to listen to her. And I'm thinking,
0: huh. Okay. So-
2: well, that, that, yeah, that statement, right, that's kind of cool. It's interesting because I read something last night about Project Bluebeam. Sorry, Lirela's on there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It basically was like, what they'll do is there'll be a series of earthquakes or there'll be an earthquake or some kind of natural event where it will uncover, Mother Nature will uncover many secrets. Uh-huh. And I read that last night in the a cool History of the Flying saucer by john somebody i can't remember but i'll find out
0: standard light reading (laughs) yeah Yeah, for for people like us yeah
2: a few chapters of that before bed yeah you know tuck yourself in yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) doesn't influence your dreams at all that's right
2: (laughs) (laughs) you were you you were on the phone to like a black ops secret general
1: (laughs) yeah jay was talking to a black ops secret general my wife was hitting me because i was snoring <laughs> standard standard
0: <laughs> yeah just a normal, normal night I, I hate to do this but um i'm gonna have to run off in like four minutes because i've been promising my patreons i'd jump into like a little voice chat um so i'm gonna be doing that I've
2: um, too. i need to eat something
0: yeah no this has been awesome man thank you guys so much anytime like honestly i i'd love for us to reconvene and uh maybe even have both of you on the channel as well on project unity because this Always. has been awesome always man. <laughs> for sure for sure just,
2: just have a normal chat conversation and like you know that's how it should be man
0: it's all yeah, good well, yeah exactly this has felt like a, a, a relaxed kind of <laughs> as relaxed as it can be with this subject matter but a good conversation man like i've really enjoyed it yeah me too i mean oh. after i talked with jean-luc before i mean i told my wife i'm like there's
1: like a handful of people i, I think on the planet that can have just this open free-flowing conversation yeah, yeah. where nobody judges you where you can and you just you everybody gets something out of it and i think that's
0: been awesome with
1: you guys yeah. man totally i really appreciate it. absolutely
0: and good for you as well man in, in getting a youtube channel up because you're doing great as well like what you're doing is awesome i've been tuning thank in thank you so um yeah appreciate just keep that. up the good work bro i
1: appreciate it yeah it was i i i didn't there was a guy um from uh uh in engaging the phenomenon. Uh, oh
0: yeah, James Dolly. Yeah.
1: Legend. James James hit me up. He was like, dude, you should do a channel. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> <"What the laughs> are you talking yeah, about? Man. He's like, no, yeah. dude. He's like, dude, I'm like, no. He's like, no, you should. And I was like,
3: Why? <laughs> all, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: He's like, well what else are you gonna do? And I'm like, uh all right, yeah. cool. You know? And he's like, just do this thing for me. Just do this. and I'm like, all right. So he kind of really spurred it on, man. And nice.
0: He's a cool dude. So he is. I'm gonna have him on soon as well. Maybe we can all get on together actually. Yeah. yeah. That'd That'd be be <laughs> will all right. Hey, 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 and the and the invitation's always open for
1: America. Anytime you guys want to come? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. awesome. Come on. Sorry, man. Come on. I'll put you up. We got, we got enough room, we'll, we'll all hang out. It'll be fun. Dude, I'm, I'm, there. I'm there. I'm Seriously, anytime. Just don't bring don't bring that weird string of coronavirus with you. Yeah, anytime. we'll try not to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to. <laughs> you guys stay safe, man. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: yeah. Take it easy, brother. See you later. See you, guys. Take care, Bye-bye. guys. Bye bye.
2: Bye bye.